0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of Fan Fuel Motorsports Podcast. This is the podcast where fans fuel talk about motorsports. Today, we'll be starting our 31st episode out across the pond in what was supposed to be a race at the Spa-Francorchamps. But before we get into that, I'll uh, introduce the people who are always with me, and that's Nathan Ball and Colton Cranmore, and of course, our uh Football coach, part-time everything guy, uh, Jared Bakhiza, will be joining us today a little bit late. um, And we've got some really good stuff in store for you at the end of the show with Jared. But like I said, we're going to be starting with Formula One racing this weekend. And uh, Colton, I know you're not too much of a Formula One guy, but you do know what happened. So I'll go ahead and start off with you. Uh, Two laps behind the safety car. In a procession was the race. How do you feel about that as a motorsports fan? Um,
1: I mean, I was super let down by it. I don't know anyone that thinks any differently um, around the world. Um, Something that, I mean, I think the FIA could have done to avoid this completely is open the windows for the start times a little bit more. Um, You know, there was plenty of window at least a half hour before that they could have just sped things along a little quicker um, to at least get some of this race in because, I mean, I would hate to have bought a ticket just to sit and watch two parade laps out in the rain um, and then that be it for the whole weekend um, so I mean it was super disappointing to see um, it, was, it was a super eventful weekend leading up to that um, we saw with the uh the w series and um, all the other series going on but point. Nate's doing some uh,
0: yeah, Nathan, I think he's, he's having yeah, I'm just, some uh, technical difficulties. Yeah, yeah my, my
1: laptop got unplugged
0: there,
2: so I kind of had to <laughs> fish around for it. But, yeah, I think it would have been a good race. I, I don't blame them for not being able to race because it wasn't the rain. that was just the visibility that really killed it. And that's, that's part of why they didn't want to race is because they couldn't see. And Like, that's one thing. But I think it's pretty unfair to just run two laps and say, hey, here's points the fans don't get a race. It's like, if you're going to do that, then I don't think points should be awarded. You know, like why award half points if you can't even complete half the race and you're not really completing the race. You're just completing laps. So I don't know. Like it, they, it almost seems like they're like, Hey, let's just run these two laps and get it over with.
0: Yeah. I think that was a really big disservice to the people who had had been out in the weather all weekend. Yeah. They got some racing with some of the support classes and they got a really good qualifying session on Saturday, um but i mean at the end of the day you don't pay a couple hundred euro to go see those support classes you go to see the top 20 drivers in the open world world so they didn't actually get to see that and some of those people i'm sure only showed up to sunday's race because you know that's what we do here in nascar too even though we've got a full circus some weekends we we just have people who show up for sunday it's the big ticket show um i assume that their arguments uh for doing this are going to be sponsors and and the fact that they're in an event that is telecasted you know across the world and there's international guidelines for for getting these tv deals done maybe i'm not sure uh but honestly if you didn't even get this race started why not just say hey we're going to call the race Uh, i realize the season is already going into december but there are a couple of off weekends in the European season uh, still to come, that maybe they could reschedule, or um, I, I don't know, honor the tickets for next year and have two Belgian Grand Prix and uh, in, and in, and in, in a row. I'm not yeah. sure how they could fix that. You know, something like something like that. I mean, it's just it's a little bit ridiculous to say, "Ha ha, uh, we did two parade laps. Here you go, uh, congratulations, Max Verstappen for." winning yet another race. I mean, they didn't even look really happy on the uh, podium. And with that, I'll I'll go ahead and pass this off to you, Nathan. Um, Lewis Hamilton uh, is not afraid to talk. Uh, He has done so. Many of the points are um, very controversial. Some uh, I have not even agreed with uh, in regards to some things. But this one I did agree with. He came out flat and said, Uh, this sucks for you guys. I'm glad you guys are here uh, talking to the fans and they should give you your money back. I mean, did you agree with that sentiment? Uh, And are you happy that a driver spoke out like that? Yeah,
2: I think so. Because if you look at it, a lot of the older drivers also the same thing he did, you know, they didn't mention the refunds, but they mentioned that this isn't really a race, you know, like you shouldn't be getting points for this. So, I don't blame him. I think he's right because it's something that if you look at the history, half points were awarded. That's only happened six times. So that's basically like under a 1% chance of ever happening in F1. So they, like they need to prepare for the stuff like that. And I don't think it's fair to to cheat the fans out of a race because something that happens like 0.6% of the time is happening again. Like that shouldn't be the case. Like, Hey, you know, it's an extraordinary circumstance. I don't think that the sport was ready for it, if you're being honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great point. Um, if I were a fan there, I would absolutely expect my money back. Um, or, as you know, Alex's point, um, give me a ticket for next year's race. You know, call this ticket the same and we're good. Um, I mean, I, my heart goes out to the people who travel, not necessarily just the people who yeah. live there. Um, you got to think there was a family somewhere or there was a guy somewhere that, he, you know, this was his life's goal to go see it. And he finally got it. Maybe last year wasn't his time because of COVID. Um, and then it was completely ruined this year by circumstances out of our control. Right. I mean, the FIA didn't have anything to do with the fact that it was raining, um, but it's just the lack of preparedness on their part to say, OK, well, here's the steps that happens. If we can't race due to visibility or to safety concerns, um, we'll take this step, this step, this step. Um, there was just, there's no pre-planning of that. To Nate's point, this hat almost never happens. Um, you can count them almost on one hand, the amount of times it's ever happened in history, but there still needs to be some sort of protocol for it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I I agree totally with that. Um, that wasn't the only controversy of the weekend though. Um, with the wet weather conditions, uh, we had a, a very, uh, slick track and we saw a lot of different accidents. Um, and, I'll go ahead and say some of my opinions that we're about to go across are some controversial opinions. So uh, just be prepared to that. Um, uh, but safety concern uh, was a big, big uh, thing on at least the social media uh, aspect of the Formula One world this weekend with a couple of different crashes that happened. Uh, now if you go and you look at the satellite track mount. Uh, you can see that the run from the first corner down to what's called Al Rouge up into Radeon or Radeon um, is a little bit of a little uh, flick, just like that, almost a straightaway, especially in modern F1 cars. Uh, but they're going up, I believe, three stories. So that's where everything happens. And we've seen multiple crashes there in the history of this corner. Very high speed area, uh, very violent in crashes. Um, We had a a Formula uh, Two or Three driver, uh, Anthony uh, Hubert, uh, tragically lose his life at this very corner uh, just a couple of years ago, as well as uh, even in the GT cars that were racing in the 24 hour race a couple of weeks ago. uh, We saw a massive crash in this uh, exchange of corners. Uh, And then Lando Norris and qualifying had a crash. But the one that sparked the most controversy this weekend about the safety of this complex was the W Series. And I'll go ahead and start this off by saying people want to change something about this. But for me, I just thought it was a situational thing. And I didn't really deem it too much of a safety concern because the the rain wasn't out. They were were pretty much uh, just... Blasted by rain as they went up into that corner, and there was nothing that was going to happen, uh, in my opinion. That that didn't happen, uh, just due to the fact that it it, it turned wet. So um, yeah, but, like I would probably agree wholeheartedly because I think
2: it's that was nothing to do with the corner. Like that can happen at any corner. Like it's happened at the Nurburgring in Turn One, which is a, a first gear hairpin, slow corner. You know, if it starts pouring and everyone's on slicks, and they're just going to slide off and off and off. So. I don't, I don't really think that was the corner's fault. You know, like it's a tough corner, obviously it's challenging, but that's the reason the drivers like it because, you know, people complain about quote unquote parking lot tracks where you're not punished if you run off, like there's, where there's so much runoff and you can just go back on track. And, you know, I think the corner is going to bite, obviously, whether you go off there in the dry or the way. And I think, I, I don't want to change that, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it, it's, if you have to be fair with the situation, you can't blame a rain crash like that on the corner itself.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree completely. Um, to my last point, I mean, there are circumstances that you need to be prepared for and there are certain ones that you just can't be prepared for. Um, the team's had no way of knowing um, other than heading in there with the car that it started raining up there. Um, and so there's nothing you can really do outside of just hitting the water and hope it sticks.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's pretty much it, but this did spark some controversy with people calling for the corner to be changed, um, saying that it's one of the most dangerous corners in uh, Formula One, and I, I do definitely attest to that. Um, however, it seems to be that the general consensus, especially after the dry wrecks uh, that occurred with the uh, 24-hour race, and then also um, uh, Anthony Hubert's uh, tragic accident, that the trend is, you're going left, right, and then a little bit left over the crest at Radion, and most of the cars veer to the left. Either it's because they, you know, they got oversteer or understeer, snapped, and then went into the barrier. However, they got there when they hit that tire barrier, they launch directly across a live racetrack to the other side, and they can get blindsided by cars that are coming because a It's a really fast corner, so it's going to take a uh, lot—a very little amount of time for those two cars to meet because they're going that fast. It doesn't matter how quick a reaction time the driver coming has; it's they're likely to meet. And then, two, it's a blind crest, so you can't really see over the corner, anyways. So I did want to pass this question off to you because there seems to be a lot of different theories online between Twitter people who make YouTube videos about formula one and, and elsewhere about how to change this corner and, or the, the, uh, the track itself around it, um, to, to make it safer. I mean, what do you guys think? Um,
2: I think first of all, it's all got to do with runoff, and it's all going to be another variable that most people don't mention is the psychological aspect. Um, Aux Rouge used to have gravel traps there and you usually didn't see people run wide or abuse the runoff there there were less mistakes made up there because people were, they knew that a mistake there would end their day. Nowadays, if you run off a little bit to the left at Radio and you're like, okay, that's fine. I'll go over the rumble strips. I'll keep going. So they're, they're more likely to take that corner as aggressive as they can. If they know that there's not really much consequences to go off. So obviously you're more likely to crash there. If you're going to be more aggressive in that corner. And I think them adding the gravel traps next year is good because Part of it'll be different in the sense that the drivers won't they won't be willing to attack the corner as much but it also won't neuter the track the corner itself because i don't think it'd be right to completely neuter the corner you know it's one of the most iconic corners there is in racing i don't think any amount of you know hysteria from the fan base should change that because to be honest a lot of the drivers enjoy it like none of them like the risk that comes with it but they love the corner itself so I think if you took that away or you changed the, the track itself instead of just changing the runoff, then people, would, they'd have a fit. And I don't blame them because I don't think drivers would take very
0: kindly to it. Yeah. So for me, I think I would agree with the same sort of thing. Yeah, I agree completely. Go ahead. Um, so when we're when we're going through that corner, um, whether whether it's watching someone else do it, doing it on a video game or a simulator, um, it's just balls to the wall. Even though it's not that technical, uh, because of the way that the variation uh, of the track is, because you're trying to straight line it, but also having to depress and then crest, and and it just it's a it's a whole feeling that that I'm sure the drivers get nowhere else on the Formula One schedule, and they wouldn't miss it. Uh, The biggest thing to me about changing it is I wouldn't do it to the track itself uh, just based on the fact that if they did, it would ruin one of the best corners in Formula One. And I'm not talking about that complex. I'm talking about the corner at the end of the Camel straight. You're talking about these cars are going so fast into there. They have to break really hard. It's one of the best passing zones on the circuit. And that would just hurt my feelings as far as racing goes. Um, if they did change that complex going into it, um, other than that, they are, uh, apparently having plans to move the barrier on the left farther out back by terraforming a little bit under the grandstand is there. Um, and I think tearing part of the grandstand that is there, uh, down, uh, to make it more of a sheer cliff so that they have more room for the runoff. And that's, that's the only thing I can think of to agree with with that.
2: Yeah, I think I think you make perfect sense, because the way the runoff is structured is kind of like it, it it juts out a little bit toward the racetrack on the left hand side, so if you like he said just make it a straight barrier, then you know you're less likely to hit it at a bad
1: angle that sends you back out on the track.
0: Colton, if you didn't have anything yet.
1: Yeah, I mean I think you guys hit all the major points that I was going
0: to. Yeah, that's right. pretty much it. Yeah, well, with that being said, let's get away from Spa and away from the controversy that was the race that wasn't. And let's welcome in our fourth host, and that is Jared. Hey,
3: what's going going on? I haven't been on for a while, guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I
0: know. We've been missing you. You've been at football practice.
3: I know. I have so much going on. I'm glad I'm actually finally back on a podcast. I've had so much stuff that I need to talk about, and I'm glad I'm actually found some time to get back on
0: well hell yeah we're glad to have you back as always and uh well let's get all get on uh, go ahead and get on into it um so daytona we had a double header this weekend uh xfinity series and the cup series and let's just go ahead and dump, jump right into the xfinity series it was a race uh i'll let you guys uh kind of share your opinions on it uh but first i do want to talk about austin Cindric wrecking right at the beginning of the race and kind of what you guys thought about that his season is kind of going a little bit down the drain at this point.
2: Oh yeah, that was interesting. Um, actually if you want a fun tidbit about that wreck, um, my friend in the grandstands who was next to me, Emil actually got that on camera he's like, I'm just going to take a video of this lap and see how it goes. And sure enough, his favorite Xfinity driver wrecked out and he got it all on camera. So that was pretty interesting, but I think, it goes to show you that nothing's really given to you in racing. Um if you look at the last few times he's been in crashes, they weren't really his fault. He's just been taken out. Like it's just unfortunate, if you if you wanna say, like say Nashville, he gets clipped by somebody, Michigan, he gets clipped again. Um I wanna say yeah, Daytona, he just got a push that kind of was off centered, you know, it wasn't it wasn't intentional but he just got a bad push and couldn't do anything about it. So, I mean, it sucks to see it because you don't really like to see somebody's season get. I guess it's not ruined yet, but if it keeps happening, it's going to be ruined. Like, I don't want to see seasons get destroyed by stuff that's just dumb luck.
3: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like uh, when Chase Briscoe's in the sixty car. Like he always got that yeah. bad luck, bad luck thing. You know, it's
2: always like, so- Kyle Larson, maybe. Like I think.
1: 2017, the year where he blew all the engines and had all the stuff. Yeah. Colton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, bad luck's just a part of, it. um, I mean, it sucks that it does keep happening, but I mean, that's just a product of, I mean, the points format we got now, um, you used to be able to get away with a little bit of bad luck here and there and still salvage a really good season. Um, But, I mean, we're kind of getting down to crunch time now where even one week of bad luck could just ruin your championship implications completely. Yeah,
0: and uh, when you bring that up, I I did want to say kind of – this is kind of paralleling what I saw uh, up until this week, obviously, with Daytona, the regular season championship and the Cup Series. You saw Denny Hamlin basically run away with the points lead, and then uh, you had – Bad luck races you had, just not capitalizing on stuff. Eventually he lost that lead to Larson. And we're kind of seeing that with um, with AJ Allmendinger coming on strong as we get closer to this uh, cutoff for the Xfinity Series playoffs and Cindric losing those points. Um, I was going to pass this off to Colton. I'm not sure if we only lost his video. Or I guess we lost it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I guess, Jared, I'll, I'll pass this off to you. Um, does this does this show just how um, I guess, like he said, volatile a championship could be just going into a playoffs and also how does that kind of coordinate itself to having a good full season long championship where we're seeing someone in both of these series not be able to run away with the title?
3: Yeah, if you just look away from like playoffs and everything aside, if you want to look at those types of battles, like the full season type standings, it does show that yeah you need to be like consistent like every single race and like if you do have some bad luck like colton saying like yeah bad luck's a part of it but eventually that bad luck will catch up with you and you're gonna see guys like what you just said aj allmendinger starting to catch up there and i think that'd be kind of cool if he ended up winning the championship in the xfinity series so that would be kind of cool but even like in the cup series too like larson's like, Hamlin's been consistent but doesn't have the wins, but that Larson's also been super hot, like, the whole season, and that just goes to show where a couple bad races with Hamlin, which obviously some of those dumb things weren't his fault, and I think Nathan had a really good tweet about Hamlin's stats that he's had the last couple races since Pocono, too. And, yeah, it just shows, like, what Colt was saying, like, there was some bad luck, and he eventually catches up to you.
2: Yeah, I think... I think I couldn't agree anymore. Um, I don't like when people say, you know, it's harder to win a championship in the playoffs than it is in full season. And I think from a driver's standpoint, I don't think a playoff championship is any harder than a full season championship. I think the only difference is that luck matters a lot more in the playoffs, like you guys said, because, you know, a couple poorly timed blown tires could destroy a whole season. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, if it's a full season format, you got time to, to work your way back and, it's, it's tough because in today's world the things out of your control can basically destroy the everything not saying it can not in the full season is just less likely so
3: well you saw I that with Harvard you saw that with Harvard yeah. last year at Texas like the the ra- rain the mist, and everything yeah. that one bad race Texas guess what he screwed in that round of three and he had like 60
2: bonus points or whatever so it's, it's just I, that's why I like the full season championship better because I know luck's never going to be eradicated in racing that's just mm-hmm. the unfortunate like, nature but I think a full season championship gives drivers a chance to, to have more than just luck dictate their season. Like it's more results oriented. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. Like hypothetically Kyle Larson could wreck out at Darlington blow a tire. He could blow a tire at Darlington and let's say you get three winners or something like three, three different winners or something. He's, he could be out, you know? So you never, never know with that. And that's why I think, the full season championship you actually get to see that consistency and then if you do have a bad race and no you have a bad race but you also have time to recover whereas you get to the playoffs one bad race you're basically done for the whole you're done
2: right. yes.
1: yeah um i mean all i can do at this point is just reiterate what you guys have said and i mean in, in a full season format you have a bad week and you can still make up with it with consistency over the next few or consistency that we had before um you could even get away with three or four bad weeks um, but I mean, with the current format we have, you can't have a bad week past September first. Um, you you really can't and expect yourself to win a championship, which I mean is horrible because we could see a guy like Kevin Harvick um go out win nine races, have the championship basically locked up by Texas and still not make it to the final race um, just based on circumstance. Um, I mean it's it's not fair, but I mean, it's nothing that we don't already gripe about
3: yeah i'll I'll even add into the thing where today's racing and even in all three series now like a top 10 isn't really that important anymore it seems like because everyone everyone's racing for wins because you know that eliminates different strategies we used to see back in the day because you know back back then like a top top five was awesome but you get a top five now that's not good enough you have like it's you have to win and we can go back to our episode with the knoxville rate knoxville truck race that's exactly that like that's exactly what we were seeing with that situation where you had guys trying to just send it into turn one because they have to win because of the win and in your in format yeah. rather than, rather than just settle for like oh, top five, let's go. I just got a top five. but now it's like, oh top
2: five, can't have that, gotta have a win yeah, and I, I think that's where luck come I think luck matters a lot more in know like a a shootout format like that because you know, like like everybody in here has said. If you have bad luck happen in a race you have to win, it's a lot worse than having bad luck in a race where you need to finish twentieth. You know. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like that the formats taking the strategy out of racing because it's like you'd have guys that are like, Hey, we don't have enough speed to win, so we're just gonna try and finish tenth every week.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Now now everybody does the same thing and it's just it just becomes a giant circus, if you will.
4: Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's just and, guys
2: and it's, sending it.
0: I don't know if if this will make much sense to anybody, but to me, it takes the, it takes the reasoning behind going to different tracks out of the championship for me. Uh, Because, you know, we had said earlier uh, this year that the summer series tracks usually lent themselves to fuel mileage races. And you had this, that, and the other happen. And we said, uh, uh, just had a whole episode episode like that. So, for me it takes out any reason to do good at certain tracks. Why do I need to do good at 550 tracks other than to bag those wins? I it doesn't matter towards the championship. Yeah, the round of 8 has two of those to get into Phoenix, but if I can do good at Martinsville, who cares? You know, if I can ride around 15th to maybe 7th range at those two tracks and I point my way in based on that, or I win and finish dead last the other two by winning Martinsville, I'm into a race that's 750 horsepower. I don't need to worry about even developing my cars or anything like that. I think, to me, the way that we've shifted everything, you kind of saw it with the 10-race chase and Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canals showing up during the playoffs every year because they kind of were trying different things and making that, that middle area of the – you know season just a little bit less worth you know worth it because they're not putting 100 percent towards those races and that to me makes it not good for a season-long championship because you can't see guys who are strengthened at x racetracks do very well at those racetracks and do very badly at other racetracks still wind up in the same sort of regard as someone who has the opposite strengths I don't know if that made any sense, I, but I tried to make it. No, it does. Okay, no, I,
3: That kind of but, makes sense. That makes sense, actually. Like, my opinion, based off of what you were just saying, that kind. Of, I'm thinking, like, you basically only have to be good for three races in the whole final ten races just to make your to yeah. give yourself a chance. You know what I mean? so if, let's say, someone want, in the playoffs wants to focus on Darlington, just put, put all your effort, all your marbles into Darlington. You win that, you can just cruise the rest of the way. Or – the next Richmond, if you want to just put all your effort into like, hey, I'm going to put all my effort, resources, notes in Richmond. If I win at Richmond, I don't have to worry about the other two races. Like, Is that like kind of what you're thinking?
0: Is that, Yeah, is that...
2: I think that makes sense to yeah. me too because – oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, and then also just scheduling as well. I mean we've got seven road courses on the schedule this year. What, what does that matter to a guy like Michael McDowell who's really fucking good at road courses and can show that off in his final point standings um when when all of that is erased you know I mean obviously he won the Daytona five hundred but all of that's erased with ten races to go. So I don't know. It's 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 I
2: don't, I don't like know. it. You know like I, mean, he, I guess my way of, oh sorry I guess I guess my way of putting it would be you know what would you rather reward? Like I don't want to reward a guy who can just win one racing around off getting lucky over a guy who can finish fifth in every race. Like to me, I'd rather, I think the guy who can finish well at every track is more impressive than the guy that just lucks into a win and gets in the final four that way. Like, I don't, I don't think it's fair to the guys that can finish well every single week to get, to kind of get second priority to a guy who can just win like
0: one lucky race per round and just squeak their way through. Okay, I'm just gonna stop you guys there. Did y'all see that shit? Yeah, Colton no, just disappeared. Literally bro. just disappeared. There's and I'm some, not if for you I, guys I, I saw I saw that. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, for you guys listening on audio, he didn't disappear as in his video disconnected. He literally was there <laughs> in one frame and the next frame he was gone. So I'm just staring at his <laughs> I guess. So kitchen, right? Did he just we, get like rapture right? or something? Man? We, uh, <laughs> I we got, don't know. I we got, guess we got, missed the
3: we gotta cl- got clip we gotta clip that watch that live good. <laughs> oh, <No>, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. I've been sitting here the whole time. What the heck? No, you weren't, dude. No, um, you me. were not sitting there. You did some sort of witch.
1: You did for those, some sort of witch. For those watching at home, I moved because my internet in my other room was it's kind of iffy. And so now I'm trying to reset up out here. And so I'm like getting up and like moving a light and stuff real quick. And I can still hear you guys. And so I heard it, heard it cut back in. I was like, oh shit, what did I do? Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, it's. I think it's
0: because your frame was lagging. Like, out. We didn't see like, you step off, and we didn't see you step back on. It was just like frame. There's Colton. Next frame, no Colton. And then the and same the next thing happened out. In reverse
3: just now. You're gonna have to watch, rewatch. Like, the he literally left.
2: at
0: the exact same time
2: his computer lagged, so he I like think he, it looked pro. like he just disappeared. He's
0: yeah, so if now. you guys are listening to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or <laughs> Google Podcasts, wherever you guys listen to the audio, you guys need to just watch the, the the replay on Twitter and start about twenty eight minutes because he just keeps disappearing and reappearing. Oh, I'll get my phone out. This is crazy.
3: He's gone. We're doing we're, this is like extra special effects that we didn't pay for. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he's doing on here.
0: Oh man, he got us off track with that. Oh, um, okay.
3: Well, actually, let me go. Let me like kind of piggyback on what Nate was saying. So you, if should I wait for Colton or just go for it? I can hear you. Oh, you're okay. You're still there. Yeah. All right. I kind of want to see if you like if I can see you come back or if you're just going to magically appear.
1: No, I, I'm good now. I plugged in the Ethernet cable. Justin likes.
3: Waiting. Ah, That was was more normal. That's good TV. Uh, He literally just
2: teleported in the last.
3: Yeah, you definitely just teleported, dude. You did some witchcraft or some paranormal (laughs) stuff was going on. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, anyway, so to kind of piggyback off of what Nate was saying, do you guys remember that all-star race? I don't remember if it was, like, early 2010s or something. They did that thing where if you won the segment, then you basically could just ride around in the back, and then at the final stage you got ran right back up front. I think, yeah. that, I think that was, like, when uh, Brad Keselowski was in the two, so maybe that was, like, 2011 or 12, I'm thinking. But it's kind of – yeah, they did, like, a weird format that one year. there Because I remember, like, stage one, two, and three, then those guys were just riding the back. And then all of a sudden, for the final 10-lap shootout, those three guys were one, two, three. Oh,
0: uh, man, yeah. I don't remember the year. Because I know
2: some years they did,
3: like,
0: average finish
2: in the segments. Yeah,
0: so the one he's talking about, I think it's the 2011 one, because I actually really liked it, other than the fact of what he's talking about. But if you won the first, uh, they called them heat races that year for, for whatever reason. They weren't really heat. If you won the first heat, you started front front row on pole you want the second heat you start outside pole uh third heat you want you start an inside row two fourth heat you, it doesn't it, it didn't matter uh you, you started right there everyone else um that didn't finish first in one of those heat races lined up based on average finished across all four 20 lap segments and then they had a 10 lap shootout so that's that's what that format was
3: yeah, that that just kind of reminds me of like what Nate was saying there. So like those guys, all they had to do was just win once, like one heat, one segment, one stage. That's kind of like how our playoff format is now. Michael McDowell in the five hundred, he he didn't even need to do anything the rest of. The year. He could have just started and parked basically and called it a day. That's how. That's yeah. that was my that's my thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, and it's just. Eh. Yeah. Full season points make makes yes. makes every race matter, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I like mean, you th- said okay. Well, go ahead, Jared.
3: Yeah, think th- okay. Think about it this way too. We have we now have stages and rewarding stage points. All right, what make what makes you think that the stages wouldn't be a little bit more interesting now? Let's say we now that we have a full season format or whatever because we don't have stage points in the last race. So, you know, you could come into the last race, you could you could still have four guys and a possible chance of even winning the championship just because there's 20 stage points on the line there, you know? So that's... Right. Rather well, than... Well,
0: I mean, that opens it up. I hadn't even thought about that. That's 60 points mm-hmm. right there at yeah. the end of the, of the year that you could, if... If you were close enough, potentially get. And I and I know that you hear the the argument of, oh well, drivers will drive differently in certain situations. Well, exactly. That's what we want. Yeah, we want Um, to see strategy and stuff
3: like just like uh, Tyler Tyler Reddick at the Indy Road Course or whatever. He's choosing a different pit cycle because he wanted the stage points rather than the win. You know, you could start seeing that in your playoff races or whatever if you had a full season point like hey maybe some guy in like ninth place in points or whatever just decides hey i'm gonna win every single stage maybe not the race maybe get a top 10 but if i win those stages that's 20 points for me right there
0: right and if if people wanted to say well you would you would have people that wouldn't be going for the wins because i've got another fix for you just make the win worth more than 40 points you put that at Mm -hmm. 65 75 points then still keep the 35 points for second place, you're going to have the ability to go out there and annihilate people with wins or go out there and get stage points. And at certain tracks with different stage links, it is going to harm you to try and, and and use your pit cycles to get those 20 points while the bonus points for winning being, let's say another 20 points. Let's say it's, it's uh, that would be what, 55 points to 35 points. You could earn those same 20 points by going for a win. Uh, that would change the strategy for each race because, like Jared said, depending on where you are in points, you're not going to be able to get all three if we if we make the strategy uh, game work. Um, so it, it would be more fun each week to watch. Here's, Here's – uh, here, here, Oh, sorry, Nate. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's
2: good. But um, I guess um, of the thing with <laughs> full season is, like you said, every race matters. And I think you would see less, like, championships dictated on, like, fluke stuff. You know, and that's that's the the big thing for me. Like the fluke stuff is better for entertainment, but I don't think it's good for like purity. And yeah, I wouldn't want to see it just because I think it's kind of unfair to the guys who do good all year. And I don't care if everybody, all the twelve year olds on Twitter can they can they can find me, they can track me down. I don't really care. So, like I don't, I'm at the point where I just no longer care about whether or not my driver wins it because it's just a complete circus.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, if you make the championship four, you basically want, I yeah. feel like you just you're, win the title. So yeah. we have we have four titles every single year. So Kyle Busch is like a six time champion in my book. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kidding on that. But I was basically just going to like throw some off. I, this is kind of off topic, but what, since we are talking about stages, you know, it'd be cool is let's say you're doing that season long point standings. You should make the five crown jewel races have double stage points in the middle of the race. Could you imagine that? You know, so like, let's say like the Coke 600 or the oh, summer, July Daytona race. You're somebody, what? Uh, imagine that. Summer Daytona, some... July race. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> the what? That doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it does it, exist. It needs, to, yeah. it needs to well, exist.
0: Yeah. I know. <laughs> mean, Gluck even made that mistake this weekend on twitter um i know i like that idea i think that you could easily make let's say let's say a sixth of the schedule of 36 races you can make those double points you'd book in the season with double points races at, at daytona and homestead where it should be not fucking phoenix <laughs> um and then bristol night race uh move it away from the uh the southern 500 so you don't have two back-to-back your southern 500 um one of your dagas, if you're not going to do the Brickyard 400, if you are going to do your Brickyard 400, do the Brickyard 400, and of course uh the uh, Coke 600. I mean, yeah, I mean, imagine like the, the points haul it would take if somebody
2: were to win every st- <laughs> if someone were to win every stage in the 600 and win the race with double points. Like, imagine the points haul you could pull off of that.
3: It would make and it more of a crown jewel is what it comes down to. Because like, I, I know they say it is, but I feel like it's just not as hyped up anymore as like it used to be, you know? like I think it's
0: because of the fourth stage, honestly. I think the yeah, like, stage there's stage not ruining the strategy off. of
2: that race is why it's not so high. It's just four 100 lap stints. There's no like there's variation there's... because you know you're going to get the same thing every single time. Just repeat it three yeah, more everyone, times. Everyone's
0: basically right. on the well, same uh, cycle. Colton, I want to go ahead and ask you your final thoughts on this topic because we're about to go down a road later on in the show uh, that deals with some of this stuff. So I'll save the juicy stuff for later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're going down a good rabbit hole. Um, Just the last thing I want to point out is I think a lot of the reason, and I heard it when they changed the points format um, and they changed the kind of playoff structure right around the early 2010s um, is NASCAR wanted to get away with drivers saying, you know, we had a good points day to day, but I think a lot of that's what a lot of us fans want nowadays. Um, I really, I miss points racing, to be honest with you. you, knowing exactly where you had to finish. Um, I look back into the 92 Hooters 500, one of the greatest races ever. That was a points race. That wasn't, uh, let me try to win this race. That was Alan Kawicki trying to stay out one more lap than Bill Elliott to lead an extra lap. And knowing the points, I feel like, I mean, we've said strategy a million times on here. Um, But that's a huge part of what made NASCAR so popular in the first place was seeing all these strategies play out. And it gives something for the broadcasters to talk about, too. Um, they're not just sitting there calling the racing on the track. They're saying, okay, well watch this driver because he just pitted to get off cycle here to throw these guys off. If there's a caution, this guy's going to be in a good spot. Um, I, I, miss points racing and I wish we'd kind of get back to that. Um, yeah. wins are awesome. Wins are cool. Wins are needed. I think we need to reward them more. Um, not necessarily with a win in your in format. Um, but just I, extra I points. Points if you want yeah. winning to matter sure.
0: more, make it matter more. It's mm-hmm. very, very simple. They tried yeah. to do that, and I I don't know how they come up with such convoluted ways to do that when all you have to do is add more points. Let's look at the Latford system for example. Um, it was 170 points to win, I believe, and you got five for leading a lap, so you automatically got 175 points, and then five if you led both laps. That's 180 points. Well, if you go back to the Latford system and say, all right, well, you automatically get 200 points for winning plus the lead lap and and the and the Lead lap bonus, you could have up to 210. But the next guy doesn't lead a lap; he's only got 165 points. So you've already got a 35 point spread on it. That—that's all we have to do. Just make it matter more, because now it matters so much that it doesn't really matter anymore. It's like we had the perfect
3: yeah. system and then changed it.
0: Yeah, I think
2: right. the big thing is that with all this, with all these things about you know how much the wins need to matter and how much they, like I'll save that for the 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 fun part of our show later about phoenix i think the big reason why phoenix is in the finale is because of the whole uh, wins should matter mentality like you know there's a reason why they hype up the guys going eight wide on the front stretch for the restarts because i'm sure they want a championship to get decided that way
0: yeah Well, let's move on to Sunday. Uh, We kind of went on a side there uh, that we were going to save for a little bit later, but Cup Race uh, was not on Sunday. That was a misspoken thing by me. (laughs) It was definitely a night race. Uh, So we do those things on Saturdays in the Cup Series, except for this Sunday um, and at the Coke 600. Uh, So as I try to save this uh, from going straight off the rails – we are going to talk about the fact that they made the cars slower um the slower cars made tighter packs i thought it was going to be a boring ass train race um i will be the first to admit when i'm wrong um it sucks but i was wrong it was not a boring (laughs) ass train race i'll go ahead and let you guys tell me how you thought racing uh and then we'll move on from there i I was was excited
2: like oh sorry Oh my bad. You go. You go, Nate. Oh, okay. No, you go well, first. You were at the uh, right track. I guess uh, I would say that it's one of the best took zero four hundreds I've been to. Like maybe the best. The only gripe I have is I wish that they didn't crash on the back stretch because I feel like the finish would have been crazy with the run that Suarez had. I think yeah. there would have been sort of like a who who even wins. Maybe Kurt Bush could have won. You know, maybe Suarez and Blaney crash and turn four and Kurt Bush wins, or maybe the guy in fifth wins. You don't know. Court is yeah, exactly. Like I I was crazy. Um I I think the best part about the race is that there wasn't as much riding as there normally is. Like there were a lot of lead changes, more than normal at that race. And I think the race itself was very good. It wasn't just a finish. And I think it was probably the best overall race from lap one to one sixty out of the Coke 0400s that I've been to.
3: I think I saw a stat. Wasn't that the most lead changes in the Gen Six era at the restricted plate? Were.
2: I'm pretty I sure I, say so, yeah. I think I saw a stat with it that was I pretty cool. Like I had a lot of fun being there. Um, a couple of people that I know that I met up with, it was their first time in Daytona. So they actually Ooh. I was hoping like, man, please don't let this race be a train race because I want them to to be able to experience what Daytona's like actually about and they ended up getting better than what they expected. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I thought I thought I thought it was a pretty good race. You know, you, like Nate said, there was a lot of lead changes. There was a lot of different names up front, comers and goers. I'm like, oh, Corey LaJoy might win. You know, Suarez oh, yeah. might win. I was I was just hoping for chaos, for like one of those guys, like yeah. some someone back, some like Corey
2: LaJoy. LaJoy. Like, LaJoy. like if that yeah. that, if that last yeah. race, I'm like, man, imagine Corey LaJoy wins the race. He was in the perfect place too, and that's what makes me mad. Is that, I mean, I can't complain with the money I won on DraftKings because okay. I, you know, I kind of just threw stuff at the wall. I'm like, all right, I'm betting a dollar, got 60 bucks off of it. But you yeah, know,
4: awesome.
2: my, if LaJoy had finished second or even won the race, I probably would've got like $600 mm-hmm. off dollar bet. And it's like, I kept thinking he was going to either win or finish second because of where he was at. You know, but he Blaney was really far out there. He was going to get run down. LaJoy had a huge run. It's just that he got shuffled out of line when he had that run. He, mm-hmm. That was kind of it for him. So Either way, it was kind of cool. It was super unpredictable. Mm-hmm.
3: Heck, even Bubble Wallace was like, could, "Did you see? it? How about him avoiding that wreck at the end? Did that you was see it?
2: that was nuts." I, mean, I don't know, I don't if know he, how the broadcast didn't see it.
3: Like, I didn't even see it until I saw like the replay from his onboard. I'm like, holy crap! Like, he literally just yeah. sent. He just sent it and didn't even do anything, and just like perfect. Lock. Like, he's been in a lot of those situations, like the Glogano flip earlier at Talladega, that wreck at Daytona he's he's gotten some pretty good onboard shots this year so far but another thing i did want to point out did you get notice that uh wreck with uh suarez or whatever it kind of looked like the 2006 talladega race the vickers wreck where he kind of pulled down a little bit too early kind of hooked them all together and that basically what caused that that's exactly like that
2: was super unfortunate too because i think that kurt even said he was trying to help him the whole way through because they had they were like 6th or 7th starting the last lap, and they they kind of had a build. They were building up this really, really big run. Mm-hmm. And I thought for sure that he was going to be able to push Suarez all the way up to Blaney. But I think he could they have. They had that run going with them. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it would have been kind of interesting to see which of the three guys would have won out of them. It's just I don't think he meant to do it. It was just kind of bad timing. Mm-hmm.
1: I think – This race was good based on the package and the circumstance. Um, I don't think we see a race that's good for the Daytona 500 just because it's so early in the year. Guys want to win the Daytona 500, so they're not going to race super outlandish the whole race. Um, Whereas this is the kind of the winner get in for, I think they said like 14 drivers or something like that, Um, if not way more than that. Um, So I think that's a lot of the reason why we saw the chaos that we did. I do think we see it at Talladega here next month. Um, I think it's going to be super exciting there just because you're going to have guys that just want to prove that they can win it's a kind of last chance to do so. Um, I thought that wreck at the very end was perfectly timed. I have no gripe about it whatsoever. Um, oh, fair. Hell yeah. My guy Anything? won twice in a row. That's never happened before. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I uh, of course back. you would like that. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, like, Ready, like right? I said last week, it's a Blaney win. I'm not going to complain. I like the guy. But like Nathan said, uh, man, if that shit did not happen on the back straightaway, we could have seen something even crazier. I mean, could you have imagined a Daniel Suarez I, win? I honestly really could you think... have imagined a Corey Lejoy win. I mean, it was it was a it was a pretty good race. Um, that was actually one of my questions that I was going to ask you guys: is Did you guys think that this was a good? Race because of the package changes, or because of the implications, and I think Colton pretty much said it. I don't know if you other two I, agree I, with him, but I, I yeah, agree wholeheartedly I think I that it bring, wouldn't happen. Like, I, I think it wasn't a cutoff. Right?
3: I think it's definitely implications. Like if, yeah,
0: 100.
2: yeah, because you could ride around in any package. It's just that when these guys decide they want to race, the package definitely allows them to to do so a lot better than the old one did. So I don't think that the racing early on was a result of the package. It was a result of guys realizing, Hey, this is something that I have to do. I have to put myself in a position right now. And I can't wait, you know, like there were guys that all had different strategies. Like some guys wanted to be up front. Some didn't. And they all kind of just mashed together.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. If this race is in July, we don't see, I don't think we see as good of a race as we saw this past weekend.
0: So, so you'll agree with me that it's good being here and um, that, that's okay that we moved it from the traditional I, date.
2: I, I don't I like, know about that far
0: because I feel like the, <laughs> the July races have been has always been chaotic.
2: Like it's always been chaotic, even in the July spot. It's just the chaos is for different reason now. Like like now it's like now you know a reason behind the chaos. Whereas back then it was sort of just like hey, I want to win. I want to get that, that chase wild card spot. You know,
1: I'd rather. It's always chaotic, but now there's like a, like a prize. Talladega get moved to this spot.
0: Oh keep the hell right. no. I'm, As that, someone who goes to Talladega, it's already too hot <laughs> half the time in October. Fuck that. You don't <laughs> live something. in this Alabama sweaty, Cuban-ass yeah. heat. It used it's to be in July. So. No, I yeah, know that, hard, hard, and I'm glad hard, they, hard. they moved it to October because <laughs> we, we'll talk to my dad before the uh, Talladega sure. race because he's got some stories he wants to share um specifically about July races I'll need the go um, lights. Th- there is no way in hell that I would go to a Talladega race in in the in August heat. No, I will need no
1: lights. I will give the package credit. The fact that we didn't have yeah. a huge wreck before the tail end of the race um, really helped out the whole finish. Um, yeah, I it for sure. It has to do with the package and the closing rates and the fact that they did create a little bit of a bubble with the cars, um, and it wasn't so much just a free for all. Um, so I will give the package right. that credit. And I think, like I said, I think Talladega next month is going to be super interesting. But yeah, I'll, I'll put this more on the the circumstance. I think, mm-hmm. I think they found the mixture. From like you can get, you can
2: still get a big run when you want to. But we've seen it many times. But you know, now it's it's more like, I guess, like you said, it's kind of it's not neutered, but it's kind of toned down a little bit to where it's like this guy's not going to be coming at you 15 miles an hour faster, but he might be coming at you 10 miles an hour faster. Right. I like that
3: some yeah. of the guys were able to hook up for, like, not as much as, like, we still used to see the two-car Tana, but you did notice on some yeah. of the restarts you'd see them
2: try it to hook up. And- the front between, I think, Chast- guys like Chastain and others. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who it was that they got out to, like, a four- or five-car length lead in turn three, and then they kind of just separated. Mm-hmm. I, was I don't kinda, remember who it was, but.
3: I was, like fingers crossed hoping like, Oh, maybe we could sort of see something close to two car tandems, but that, I know that's never going to even be a possible. I kind of like the combo though. Like you can do a little yeah. bit
0: of both. Yeah, I, I did be... enjoy the fact that there, we did have tandem racing, uh, but it was still pack racing because being a tandem fanatic, like I am, I know that I'm in the minority. So I, I respect that. I still got to see a little bit of what I used to love in the 2010 through 2012 seasons. But you know, um, the majority still got to see what they wanted. Um, my, my final thoughts was the package was fantastic, and they're going to get over-engineered before we get to the Daytona 500. And then I was like, oh, shit, we're going blind because we're going to the next-gen car next year. Uh, so we'll get into some next-gen stuff in a little bit. But before we do, it was the season finale for the – Cup cars and it was supposed to be a race with a lot of playoff implications, but it wound up not having those implications. So uh, what we're going to do now guys is we're going to look at drivers finishing 25th to 17th in the point standings. We're going to grade their season and say what they could have done better to get into the playoffs. Um, So we'll go ahead and start with the 25th driver of Daniel Suarez. Um, I don't know who wants to take the lead on this, but I guess um, I'll start off uh, and say the 99 team overachieved my expectations for track house racing. Um, the only thing that I think is going to happen to get him in the playoffs is him being more consistent on those short tracks and those super speedways because he will eventually get a win on one of those tracks.
3: Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with that. I mean, I think like, he started he started off pretty good like you know you saw him at Bristol Dirt competing for a win but I think like the last couple weeks it seems like he just hasn't been like as much of a factor as he was early in the season so that really comes down to the consistency that you're bringing up but overall like that team has been overachieving I thought this year I didn't think that they were going to do as good as they were doing this year but so I give them credit and you know he wins Bristol Dirt or something like he's in the playoffs
2: so yeah i would i would i would definitely agree with his sentiment to stay overachieved and obviously some bad luck at the end and i don't think they have anything to be ashamed of for a first year
1: yeah i mean he blew me out of the water i mean brand new team we keep saying that new teams don't perform for a few years and i mean he proved that wrong i mean they were a couple feet from getting a playoff spot this year um and a little more consistency from just i mean damn near clinching one of them 16 spots
0: Yeah, Uh, and I I don't know that I would put this on the track house racing team itself. It seems like Justin Marks has put together a really good team, a really consistent team. Um, The guy on top of the pit box uh, is doing his job well, uh, taking risks when needed. Uh, It's all up to Daniel Suarez next year, um, especially when he's going to have a new teammate, to be that guy to get track house their first win by being more consistent, like I said. Uh, but 24th, we move up to the 43 car of Eric Jones. Um, and Eric, this was his first time not in top-tier equipment. Uh, for me, I think he did pretty good, but I was kind of underwhelmed with the 43 car's performance uh, this year. I'm not sure what they have to build on next year. Uh, honestly, uh, it just kind of seemed like he was one of those cars out there. Maybe the team – itself uh could be the problem here
3: i think it's just the team itself because nate also put out a tweet on eric jones's stats of darlington it's this you look back at his i i did the same thing with Watkins glenn where he had like all top tens or whatever there but i think his equipment's just holding him back is basically what it comes down to like there's really no like nothing else to say about that it's just eric jones is like a super underrated driver and if he's in a even if he's in like an shr car or something like he's definitely going to get you top 10s top fives maybe even a couple wins because like it's not easy to win at Darlington and he won at Darlington so I he's a good race car driver he's just being held back by that 43 equipment it sucks that he's going to be going back there next year and like I don't know how else they can really like improve from where they're at but it is what it is basically and it just sucks for Eric Jones because like I said I think he's a really good underrated race car driver that could probably
2: compete for a championship if he stayed in top tier equipment yeah, I think so too. Um, Darlington, like Jared said, is definitely a driver's track. Obviously the Gibbs cars are very good, but you know, you don't do that well at Darlington as a fluke. I mean, he finished fifth as a rookie there, which is not like a common thing and he's won there before he's had nothing but good runs. And, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that the one like outside the top 15 finish came with the worst car. So I think if they can somehow bring in a car that's capable of a top 10 or just even competing for a top 10, then I think he could probably get one. And that's why I don't think that this year is anything for Jones to be ashamed of, but more of just the team kind of missed something, you know, he's kind of taking steps back. And I think that if you give him a little bit better equipment, then he'd probably compete for top 15s.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, he's the perfect example of you have to give drivers a time to mature when they get into the cup series, especially at his age. I mean, he's not very old at all, um, even to this day. And he's still got two wins with Gibbs, um, super young. He actually got a win way sooner in his career than Chase Elliott did. Um, So, I mean, we could be having this conversation about Chase Elliott, had Chase Elliott gone with Gibbs instead of Hendrick, um, about, well, you know, is Chase Elliott good because he races for, say, front row? Um, I think Eric Jones is a, a phenomenal driver. Um, and I actually think he outperformed that 43 equipment this year. So I'm really impressed with Jones and not very impressed with RPM.
0: Yeah, uh, just to kind of echo what you guys have said, I think Eric Jones is an elite driver. I think he is a class alongside uh, his former teammates of Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch, uh, maybe maybe not to the tier of a Gordon or a Johnson, but in, in the right equipment, he could be someone with 30 to 50 wins in the cup series well, there's a reason um, and- there's a reason kyle
3: bush picked him whenever he beat him in the snowball derby or whatever and then you saw him he worked his way through the trucks won the truck championship he was winning yep. xfinity races he won cup races yeah. and i think it just shows also how you know hendrick kind of gave the all the guys that they have now chances to like grow and develop like he gave bowman a chance gave him years to grow. William Byron, the same thing. Chase Elliott, the same thing. If he was at Gibbs, he'd be tossed out of there because, you know, you saw Daniel Suarez was there for, like, what, three years and Eric Jones was yeah, there three, but, four years. They, like, Joey Logano even, too. Like, oh, he's not winning. Let's let's boot him out of here, you know? Like, it's like Gibbs just doesn't have that patience with those right, up-and-comers. And I, yeah. yeah, and I,
2: I will defend Gibbs a little bit and say that, you know, not every team has to be patient. Some teams want to win right here right now, you know, mm-hmm. I think that the thing with Chase Elliott, I think it's a different case because Chase Elliott was contending for wins like every week, even Mm -hmm. when he didn't win. And you probably couldn't say the same about, you know, William Byron in his early years or Jones at Gibbs. Like they would be contending sometimes, but sometimes they wouldn't. So I think it was kind of just unfortunate. His development did not match what Gibbs wanted. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's almost like kind of wrong, right place, but wrong time. Like if Mm -hmm. you put him in a Gibbs car five years from now, then sure. I think it'd be a good thing, but I think he was just there too soon. Like they, maybe they should have given him a couple more years in an Alliance car or something.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, moving on from one driver that got done dirty, honestly, by the NASCAR, system let's look at one that was also not really groomed but now has a cup series ride that is chase briscoe in his rookie year coming in 23rd in regular season point standings uh for me uh this is a guy that we thought was going to be good on road courses um he wasn't very prominent on road courses until this this last one Uh, i think that the shr building has been a disservice to chase briscoe um and this is a guy that went from running like 10 or 12 um, sprint car races to jumping in an Xfinity car. Uh, The dude has absolutely like blistering raw speed. uh, And he is a guy that, that that should be able to perform. Uh, But I think he's right where he should be for his rookie year. Yeah, I
3: would agree with that. I mean, not having practice and qualifying for most of these races definitely does not help and you've you see that you even saw that like last year with the, some of the young guys with like bell reddick and custer like they didn't really kept get on their feet until later in the season and that's kind of like briscoe now so i'm expecting like so yeah you're right he is kind of like on par for what we would kind of expect plus with how bad shr has been all season it's not really surprising where he's at but let's say next year, whenever hopefully they have practice and qualifying back and with the next-gen car, I could possibly possibly
2: being like a playoff
3: contender. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. And he did good on the road courses, like a top five at Road America or top ten or top ten at Watkins Glen, top ten at the any road course that were what would have been a top ten if it wasn't for the whole circus at the end. But mm-hmm. I, I just think that he kind of came in at a bad time because – You know, he clearly – he needed to improve as a driver. The team needs to improve. You know, there's no practice qualifying for him to improve. It's like he basically just got thrown in, and he did good at the places he was familiar with.
1: Yeah, I think with practice qualifying this year and SHR having a little bit better cars, I mean, even that's kind of a half variable for me in this opinion. Um, I think he is one of two SHR drivers with the win this year. Um, I currently think he's the second best driver in that stable. Um, And like you all said, the no practice has really hurt him moving into this cup car. He has no idea how to drive it, especially for that first half of the season. We kind of didn't see him at all. Um, And then once he started figuring out, he was up front. Um, And he was up front at places that I didn't expect him to be at and running good. Like we saw him run pretty good at Michigan. Um, We saw him have a, a really good run at Daytona for a little while, too. Um, I really only expected him to be good at the road courses, so I feel like if he had the luxury of practice and qualifying, um, he'd definitely be up there with everybody. And I think he's even ahead of Eric Amarola in that Stuart Haas stable. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's a championship contender here in the next two, three years.
0: Yeah, uh, the good thing about all these rookies coming up now is we are probably going to have practice next year uh, with the next-gen release. But also, everyone's going to be on a level playing field. Uh, because they're all going into a brand-new car that has just a, a ton of new and different characteristics to anything that this Cup Series has been in the past, however long. Uh, so I think that's going to be good for Chase Briscoe and guys like Harrison Burton and Austin Cedric who are coming up into the Cup Series. Uh, next up, we have the 22nd place in the regular season standings, and that is the number 42 of Ross Chastain, who will become the number one at track house next year Uh, as far as i'm concerned dude outperformed anything that i thought he was going to especially over the last few uh, months and so i don't know that i have any criticisms for him from this season or going into next the only thing that he has to do next year is stay on the same path and hope that daniel suarez doesn't beat him to victory lane
3: he's had speed this year like i'll even go back to the poking races that i went to he had he pro- honestly could have won both of those races if it's different like he definitely had like a top five car out of both those races there and I just saw like he just had that like just that raw speed every single like those two races and he was competing there but just got caught up in some incidents there that kind of took that away but even like the last couple months he's definitely like shown that he has speed to run up there like he I honestly thought he could have won Daytona too because he had that he, he every time I looked he was like always in the top ten and I think I think he's pro- I think he might get a win. I don't know if he will get a win, but I think he's definitely going to push hard to get a win. I know he's not in the playoffs, but I think he's going to be one of those non-playoff drivers that's not going to care about be- not being in the playoffs. Where I think he's just going to send it and try to win regardless of what happens, and only because I think he wants to get Chip a win before the team ceases to exist. And I think it's he. he- I think he feels like he probably like. Owes them for giving him a chance in the Cup Series. So I could see him really pushing hard the last couple, like these last 10 races.
0: Yeah, I think,
2: um, like he said, the Ganassi team as a whole had a really good summer, especially on the 750 tracks. Like they really showed up at the 750 tracks. And Chastain in particular was one of those guys. Like he ran really good at Nashville. He ran, you know, he's run really good at these strange racetracks. And in general, Ganassi had a good summer at every type of track. And I think that as time went on, he got better and better and better. And now he's kinda at Kurt's level for the most part. So I think that he doesn't have anything to be ashamed of. Like he's done really well and I think that next year he's probably gonna improve because this is only his,
1: this is really his first year in a competitive cup car, if we're being honest. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, of the drivers that you listed so far, Chastain has definitely impressed me the most um, just because I thought he was going to be quite a bit more reckless and um, not really fight as hard as he has for the positions that he has so far. Um, He was really, really impressing me, especially that back half of the season when Ganassi turned it on. Um, For you guys watching, I'm going to try to get um, your guys' opinion on some of these. Um, So if you want to answer, what do you think about Chastain this season? Um, I'll try to be live on my phone and uh, kind of banter a little bit, and we'll get you some comments on the screen as well.
0: Yeah, and uh, we'll do that uh, with the next couple of um, drivers as well as some of the stuff that we're going to get to in the latter part of today's episode. But moving on to the next driver, and that is the 21st place uh, finisher uh, at the new team, 2311 Racing, and... Bubba Wallace, I mean, I think they underestimated how hard it is to be a startup in the Cup Series. Yes, they are essentially Levine family racing. uh, But, I mean, how how much did they outperform that car uh, compared to last year? Not much. Um, Underwhelming just based on the fact that you told me you'd have two wins this year. Um, But... You outperformed what I thought this team was going to do. A lot of people thought this team was going to be another Furniture Row Racing. I definitely didn't think that. This is a finish right where they uh, they should have been in points as far as getting a win. That was a big, big um, under understatement from them because they just didn't do it. And uh, that's the thing that they got to go out and do next year. Uh, if Bubba doesn't get a win next year, I might just have to call this a failure for putting him in that car.
3: Yeah, I'd have to agree because it's like, what do they have? Like two top fives this year. I know they had yeah. one. I think I know they had one in Pocono and then just yeah, this weekend, this weekend. So, yeah, they're kind of like where we all kind of probably project them to be for a startup team. So, like he's right around where Suarez is or built in that 20s, mid 20s range. So, like that's kind of typical. And if you're not like a winning driver at a brand new start- startup team, like that's going to happen. It's part of grow- growing pains. You're not going to see. I, I wasn't going to expect to see him go out there and win a couple races with the startup team. Now, if you had the guy, like, let's say the twenty three eleven starting up brand new next year with just Kurt Busch, then yeah, maybe we might have some better, more expectations, but you have a drive brand new team with a driver that hasn't won. That's when you're You can't really expect him to be a competitive top tier team right off the
2: bat. Yeah, I think that's perfectly fair. Um, I, you know, you don't want to expect too much out of them in year one. But then at the same time, you, you do want to do well. And I think there – I guess there's been times where they they had decent cars like Phoenix, but they didn't capitalize on it with crazy strategies and all that. So I think it's a case of um, – I think everyone needs to improve. I think Bubba needs to improve. I think the team needs to improve. And it all needs to happen at the same time because it almost looks like they have all the tools or they're they're about to have all the tools they need to win. But they just – there seem to be – like it's a puzzle pieces that just aren't there yet. And maybe next year with Kurt Busch being there, that might that might be the last piece of the puzzle that he needs. But we don't – you know, we don't really know exactly
1: what's going on over there.
3: Kurt Bush so. is going to be the savior. Yeah. He always, always
2: does that, guy that with teams, doesn't he?
1: Yeah. I, I'm interested to see what Kurt will do next year with these guys. Um, as far oh. as their expectations going in, this is about where I expected them to be. Even though they said they were trying to get two wins this year, I didn't. I kind of took that with a grain of salt. Um, after the first two weeks, I definitely thought it was possible for them to get at least one win. And then we kind of saw the wheels fall off for about 10, 12, 14 weeks there. Um, I think this shows two things. that One, it is, I mean, Daniel Swartz's situation with Trackhouse is pretty hit or miss and kind of hard to do for a startup team. Um, and then also how much Gibbs hates any Toyota that isn't a Joe Gibbs car. They are, at, I mean, it's, it, I mean, and we've seen it several times that Gibbs is absolutely reluctant to work with that 23 car, even though they're out of this kind of out of the same stable. I mean, I mean, it's basically JGR five right there. Um, but I mean, a little bit more help from Gibbs and I think he could definitely at least get a couple more top fives. Um, even though with just data sharing or something like that, um, if Toyota would look past just Joe Gibbs as their, their team of choice. Um, Toyota could definitely, I mean, I don't see any reason they couldn't win 20 races a season.
0: Yeah, and that's going to be something interesting to watch next year as Golden Boy uh, has his little brother to compete with under, essentially, like you said, the same roof. Um, So, I mean – Big Brother Kirk comes in, is going to try and steal some of your thunder, no doubt, because he is a fan favorite now that he has redeemed himself. Uh, Also, you've got Bubba Wallace, who is a massive controversy. Either you love him to death or you hate him for whatever reason. Um, And so, you know, it's a polarizing crew that's going to be over there, but that's good for Toyota Press. I I hope they do work together. Uh, Next up on the docket, uh, 20th. This is the last four spots that didn't get in. These are kind of drivers that that we would expect to be in the fight every year to be in the playoffs. Um, and and I don't know, Ricky Stenthouse Jr., uh, he he didn't wreck as much this year. Uh, so he outperformed everything that I could say about him. Uh, as far as next year, JTG Doherty is going to be a single-car team, so maybe he gets better race cars, or maybe they surprise us and go with Ryan Priest. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to leave this one up to you guys.
3: I I can't see Ricky being kicked out. I think he's I think he's their guy because obviously if Priest was the unchartered guy, I think he that was already the writing was on the wall. Like, hey, you're going to be the odd guy out if if it's uh, money can't buy us a second charter. But I think just with Ricky staying out of trouble like this year, because I like you said, I don't I don't think I really saw him wreck as much or wreck people as much. I think he kind of kept his car clean a lot this year, and he's just basically trying to finish races and that's he got his average of like in the 20th range. So that's pretty much expected. So.
2: Yeah. I think that honestly you have to understand those things. Um, it's unfortunate with priests and all that. I don't, I don't like that as happening, but it's just, there's not much you can do about it if they don't have the money to keep that car open. But in terms of Stenhouse, I think he's been okay this year. Like he's had a couple of really, really good runs. Um, say like in particular nashville bristol dirt are ones that kind of stick out but he they definitely they were solid they did everything they had to do they weren't super bad but they weren't super great either so i think that's kind of right where i expected somebody with his level of experience to be so i wouldn't i would expect if they stay together then maybe slight improvement but you just can't tell the next car
1: yeah, I mean, he's definitely a lot more or a lot less reckless this year. Um, I think that Jack Roush coming out right after he announced that Ricky would no longer be piloting the 17th, coming out and saying that I'm looking forward to not having as many wrecked race cars to fix, I think that kind of pissed him off and kind of drove him in the right direction. Um, but I mean, we've seen it. He went from wrecking on the first lap at Darlington last year to now consistently finishing the races, albeit um, 20th, 25th most weeks. Um, He's still finishing the races. He's still gathering those points. He's not pissing his competitors off as much. Um, And I think that goes a long way and it will go a long way in the future as well.
3: I think it'll help next year whenever it's a one-car team and then they can put all the resources and focus on him rather than whenever he was over at Roush and they have two, three cars while he was there. So I think having all the resources, all the marbles put on that 47 car or 37 or whatever car they decide to run with them I think that'll be a lot better for him. And this this year showed that, Hey, I can keep my car clean. Maybe we'll start putting like some resources and maybe we'll start looking at top 15s, top 10s.
0: Yeah. And you guys bring up Rouse racing and the car that he exited uh, finished ahead of him this year in points with a 19th points position uh, in the regular season uh, championship. Of course, all these guys are still battling it out for 17th on back uh, over the next 10 races. So, uh, not necessarily their finishing position, uh, but Chris Buescher, you did what you had to do, bud. Um, I, you are, I guess, in my opinion, uh, a a driver that just takes home a race car cleanly pretty much every week. You don't get yourself into too much trouble. You are the guy that I want on my team as a second driver. Uh, Ryan Newman... Sadly, is not going to be your teammate, but Brad Kozlowski coming in and turning this whole program around is the reason that I think you're probably going to be in the playoffs next year. Um, as far as these other guys go, um, I don't know what their opinions are, but you got a good one coming for you.
3: Chris Busher did pretty good for the Roush team that is this year pretty good but the other thing we got to look at too is he's done well enough to get sponsors back because i think fast signed like a three year was it a three-year or four-year extension and, and then fifth third, fifth third, third bank, bank also i remember i just heard also signed the extension so he's gonna he, I, he's basically locked in that ride for a couple more right. years and i think with brad k coming over i think that's just gonna help him out tremendously because i think chris busher is another like underrated driver i think if you get him the right tools and stuff he's gonna going to compete a little bit like won an an Xfinity championship so
2: he's he knows what to do yeah I mean I agree with you I like him a lot I think he's a perfect example of like a guy that doesn't really make too many splashes but he still does good like I remember he ran really well at homestead um I think Atlanta was another race where he ran really good like the first Atlanta race so I would expect good things from him next year if the team can improve because I think he's a case of, you know, if you give the guy a good car, he's probably going to get top tens every week, in and out, in and out, in and out. Like, he might not win a bunch, but, man,
1: he is, like, he'd be the guy if you want consistency. Chris Busher was the where did he come from guy for me this year, um, especially towards the Daytona race. He really lit a fire under his ass, was doing really good towards the end. Um, I think Brad Kay next year is going to be a deciding factor of whether or not the equipment is that bad or the drivers have been that bad. Um, Obviously we saw it a little bit with Matt Kenseth last season. Um, And I think Busher is still, he's on the upswing. Um, I'm interested to see what Brad Kay does in those cars next year to really decide whether or not Busher is that long-term guy for Roush. Yeah.
0: And I don't know um, exactly if, if, if what you're saying I agree with, I don't think it's an, I don't think it's an equipment thing that, that let me rephrase that. I don't think it's a driver thing. I think it's definitely an equipment thing. Um, So um, as our Sanoa flag man says, that's my dad, Chad Harrington. You've known him from uh, the podcast before. he says, Chris Buescher outperforms his equipment, but he doesn't use his stuff up. This was one of the gripes that, that, like uh, Colton said, um, was had for Ricky Stenthouse Jr. Uh, I mean, the truth comes in the name. I mean, yeah. Ricky, Ricky Stenthouse Jr. Yeah, Stenthouse. Uh, Ricky yeah. Stenhouse. yeah. Uh, so, so this is something that that looks good on paper, and, and I can't wait to see what happens with him. Um, having the leadership that comes with a Brad Keselowski, love him or hate him, uh, the dude is is definitely a, a good leader and can, can potentially turn around that program that's been on the decline for quite some time now. Um, moving on is the fan favorite 18th place driver, and that is Matt DiBenedetto. I'm going to start off, and I'm going to go ahead and piss the people off. Um, I love Matt DiBenedetto. Uh, I at one point said that he was my best friend jokingly because we spent 15 minutes at pre-race jabbing it up at Atlanta uh, when he was in the 83 car. Uh, Great dude, Uh, but it's past time. What the hell are you going to show me? Uh, You have no wins in the three national series. Um, You're not going to be competing for a a cup playoff spot next year because you're not going to be in the cup series. So you know what you need to do? You need to go down to trucks or go down to Xfinity. And go win win a championship because otherwise I'm not going uh, to be impressed by you and I don't think you're coming back to the Cup Series.
3: Yeah, 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 I'll, yeah, basically that. I mean, I love Matt D. Like I love, I love that he's trying, but it's just I don't know. I think that video that, uh, yeah. Basically. Yeah. That's what that comment. But I think the the video that he put out about like getting upset about not like getting kicked out of a ride or whatever. I'm like, that I don't know. That kind of like turned, changed my mind on him a little bit just because like, dude, you haven't won any in any series and you already knew last year you weren't going to be back in the 21 car. And then kind of like, just like, kind of threw the team under the bus and like uh, kind of just didn't sit well with me, but basically like, yeah, you're, if you haven't won in a series and you're complaining about not having a ride, like, well, you need to have wins. You need to back, back that up. You know, that's kind of like, uh, with Austin Dillon last year, like I really, I started, I'm starting to like Austin Dillon a lot more. I know we're going to get to him here soon, but like last year, whenever he won at Texas and, you know, he kind of called the fans out and was like, that was like a silver spoon win or something like that at whatever comedy they And then he ended up going on backing it up after that. Like, that's something where maybe if Matt D would have had, released that video then maybe backed that up and maybe won a race or something and I'd be like alright this dude knows what's up but he just hasn't gotten there and it's I don't know if it's the car or the driver but it's I think you kind of have to look at it as the driver now just because he hasn't won in any of the three series Ryan Blaney won in the 21 car heck Trevor Bain even won in the 21 car so
1: eh,
2: great assault great assault <laughs> yeah I would agree I think that He's not a bad driver. I really don't think he's a bad driver. But, you know, I don't think he's, like, a world beater either. So I don't want to say, like, he's – you know, if you expect the guy to win multiple races a year, you're probably looking for the wrong guy. But if you want a guy that can finish top 15 in points, then he might be your guy. So I would say that the crew chief changed later in the year. definitely helped him a lot. But at the same time, I don't think that he was ever going to be the guy that people – hyped up to say, you know, this guy's going to win a whole bunch of races and this guy's going to do all this and all that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't think there's any shame in being a solid driver. Mm -hmm. Not every driver is going to be great. And I think he's like, like you guys said, he's a perfect example of somebody who could, who could drop down, win a little bit in the lower series, come back up and still have a solid career. He just might, he might not, you know, be a cup champion material. Yeah, I
1: agree. I've said it on here before that not every driver needs to be the superstar. Um, you can still make a really good living and a really good reputation being a supporting actor. And I think that's what Matt D needs. Um, go down into the lower series, pull an check, get some momentum rolling. Um, just like your dad said in the comments, um, drop series yeah. and go win. Um, you know, it, uh, winning is good for the soul anywhere. Um, I don't care if he's winning in late models, you know, um he he needs to do something else um he's one of my favorite guys too but really we've seen him those last couple years kind of coasting off a second place finish at bristol we haven't really seen him perform out much past that granted he almost won a talladega race he's been close here and there but other than i mean he's a glorified michael mcdowell at this point
0: yeah uh for me uh i I think he was a perfect replacement for paul menard Uh, um he's just like paul menard he's gonna bring your equipment home um, he's gonna be uh, slightly aggressive uh on a whim maybe uh and sometimes he's gonna be a nuisance to some drivers honestly um I don't know he's kind of like um it, it to me it, you had your chance you blew it stop complaining about it go do something and then come back to me and that's where I'm at with the uh the twenty one driver um no more. I, I mean, think, Harrison Burton's man. got wins. He's probably going to get himself a championship this year if all things go right. I mean, the the, the kids coming up that's going to be taking your ride deserves it way more than you. There was a
1: great comment by your dad just yeah. now. He was it it this generation's sense. Michael Waltrip. Um, and I really think Matt D is this generation's Michael Waltrip. Like, he'll win one day, but you just got to give him time and equipment and all the factors in the right spot.
0: But this day and age, you don't get that time. You don't get no two hundred no, right. races that, before you win.
2: And it's a good comparison go because you know, Michael obviously super speedways were his thing and he had a couple of really good tracks that weren't super speedways, like you know, like the Benonetto at Bristol or whatever. You know, I I, I agree with the comparison. I just don't know if he's gonna be able to do so in a backmarker
0: car. Right. It yeah. just it doesn't work in this day and age and that's
3: Money, That's talks, what I can now.
0: Say. Money talks, all right. Man. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna start. Uh, I'm going to apologize uh, to Rattlesnake to to Silver Spoon Nation. Seventeenth um, mm-hmm. in points, Austin nice. Dillon. He is our final driver of the night. I was wrong. This guy has every right to be in a Cup Series car. He drove the absolute hell out of the race car this year. A one dumb move at Michigan cost him a chance to win that race and partic- potentially be a, in a playoff. Um, could have done it based on points, even if he didn't win that day and had a second- or third-place finish. Uh, but uh, to plug our website, FanFuelMotorsports.com, which we'll be launching on Friday, I'm doing a championship uh, called Best of the Rest, where I look at the points based on Um, Anyone who's not in the top four cars of each manufacturer. And Austin Dillon has a hundred-something point lead uh, over the rest of the field. So if you take out all the A-class drivers, all the elite guys, he is miles ahead of his teammate, uh, Tyler Reddick. And then going farther down, I mean, just outdoes the rest of the midfield pack. So I, I do want to apologize. Uh, all he has to do next year is get a little bit more luck in the last couple of races.
3: Yeah I'll agree he, he was like I think I think he caught, honestly could have won Michigan because he had he had a fast car of the day. I think he had some he had some motivation there. I think he knew like hey I might be out of the playoffs if I don't win this and I think that was like one of those things where like hey I'm gonna throw all my marbles out of this one because he knew, probably knew Daytona could be a crapshoot. So I think like Michigan was kind of that last chance. So they brought the best possible car for him, and saw that he was running up there, and unfortunately got taken out there at the end of stage two. But even if he didn't wreck there, he'd still have a solid points day, and we, we could have eventually seen a whole different outcome come Daytona.
2: Yeah, I think that makes sense. I don't think Austin Dillon's at all a bad driver. I think. RCR is a really good team, and it was kind of unfortunate to where it was like a, you know, one guy's got to go situation in regards to the playoffs. Um, I think next year, if they improve a lot, I think it's easy enough for both drivers to be able to make it in. So it, they're so evenly matched. I think that they would, they'd be a great pairing. And I think that, like, like he said too, we were wrong about Austin Dillon. Like, I remember him as a rookie and thinking, you know, this guy's not going to cut it, but now he's perfectly fine. You know, I don't, I don't put, you know, winning a race out of, out of reach for him next year. So I'd like to see more out of him. I just don't know because he's almost always on that bubble. Like he's always there. So, you know, I don't think there's anything bad I can say about him as a driver.
1: I am going the opposite of you guys. I'm going to say that Tyler Reddick proved me kind of right about Austin Dillon. Um, sorry, Tyler Reddick's in his second full-time Cup year, and he made the playoffs over his teammate, who's been here for what is seven years now. Um, so, I mean, he's to me, he's another guy that could really benefit from just going out and whipping ass and winning five Xfinity championships. Um, instead, he's in a Cup team. Um, not to say he's a bad driver, because I do think he's a wheel man, and he's definitely proven me wrong in some of my opinions over him last couple of years but I don't think he's a championship caliber driver like Tyler Reddick. Um, I don't think we see any more other than a win here and there for him. I don't think we see him grab three, four wins a year, Um, and I don't think we ever see him compete for a championship in the Cup Series.
0: Yeah, I mean, he'll be a playoff driver driver on and off, uh, throughout his career, just based on luck and, and, and circumstance for other drivers. Uh, but, but when it comes to Tyler Reddick, obviously, um, if anybody's been listening for a while, they know that Tyler Reddick's my second favorite driver. Um, I love his tenacity behind the wheel and his talent. Um, uh, my dad says that he made him step up his game. Uh, yeah, that did happen to Austin Dillon. And I'm going to go on the conspiracy theory side and say that Austin Dillon is the top car even though he's not the top talent at his granddad's race shop. Because look at Texas last year. I feel like that move when he won that race was based on the fact that he's in the three car and not Tyler Reddick because Tyler Reddick could have easily won that race on the same strategy. And I think we saw that again at Michigan. He was given the better car. Tyler Reddick outperformed him um, just based on the wreck. But I feel like he drove a better race that day than Austin Dillon would have, even if he, He uh, finished ahead of him in the final stand is due to not ranking. Yeah, I agree completely, 100%.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch Dylan versus Redick next year because I feel like it's one of those pairings where either driver can get the upper hand.
0: um, Well, that being said, that's our our kind of season review on those guys that didn't make the show for the playoffs. But we are going to move on to two. Uh, next-gen kind of announcements, things that's come out uh, before we get into our final segment of the night. And I do want to say, guys, um, I'm going to start with Colton on this one. Uh, We found out with the 23XI announcement that we are moving the number forward, and that is a done deal. So, Colton, how do you feel about that?
1: You know, to me, I would rather them say to the teams, you have the option of putting it anywhere from here to here um rather than force all the teams to move it forward i understand why they're doing it from a business standpoint i don't like it um i do think it makes the cars kind of tacky but it can be done right we've seen examples floating around on twitter of it done right um i think a big thing is going to be not shrinking the number down um i think another thing and i pointed out to the 45 car um in the rule book that 45 is actually too far forward um the number can't be anything past the a post and that number definitely was past the a post um, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'm, I, it's not as big of a gripe to me as some other people, as long as it's between the wheels and as long as it's a, a really good size, because that's what we used to identify drivers nowadays. We don't have the season long sponsorships like we used to, as long as it's a good size and we can easily make it out and it's between the wheels, I'm, I'm going to be okay with it. Um, granted it can be done horribly wrong, but we've seen ugly race cars forever. Yeah, I think mean, that makes sense. Um,
2: the only thing that kind of bothers me is like I don't understand the logic behind it. I know that people say, you know, it increases ROI and all that stuff, but you know, how come during NASCAR's peak no sponsor ever complained about, you know, we don't get enough space on the cars? You never heard that at NASCAR's hike. Yet now all of a sudden when NASCAR's kind of half struggling and half thriving, they're they're all like, Oh my god, we need to fix the numbers now. So it makes you wonder like the placement of the numbers Really must not be the reason why sponsors are leaving, and I don't, I don't think mm, that it's
3: as if the number,
0: is a genius, right? I don't, <laughs> I don't NASCAR think the numbers a, is a of foot in this direction going to come back.
3: Yeah, I, I told, I texted, I told Nate, like, hey, if Flows or Home Depot or CarQuest yeah. come, if they come back into the sport, I will eat my words on saying that the number right. increase the sponsorship,
2: but and they have what, to say it too because they have to say. Oh, we wanted to come back because
3: of the ad space. Yeah, like, oh, there's more ad space. We're coming back. That's if yeah, they say if they, I'll say, that, I, if they I, say
4: that, I will
3: shut up. I'll buy I'll start buying 22 2022 diecast. I will eat my words completely and say this is the best move NASCAR has ever made. I will publicly make a video of that if that even happens. But really, when it comes to like the number change and stuff, like I'm kind of with Colton Lake. I mean, I it's I know it's just a number, but I, it's also just like a nostalgic type of thing for me, you yeah. know, like what why are we trying to rebrand? I know we're going with the next gen and we're trying to change all this stuff. Like why, why, you know, like we, we saw, we saw the iRacing invitational stuff with the next gen and they had the numbers right in the middle. It's perfectly fine. You look at Kurt Busch's show car, like the only real difference is they just made the sponsor a little bigger. Like, Oh, Oh, now I can see what sponsored is. It's not like I didn't know what it was before, but you know, like what, what what are some spot like teams going to do if they're like, it's not like a lot of teams are going to get a lot of brand new sponsors and stuff. It's still going to be the exact same thing, except the logos are just a little bit bigger. Like, I don't know. It just, like, it really just doesn't make any logical sense to me because you're going to see, I think you're going to see a bunch of schemes like the All Star Race that are just going to be half assed paint schemes thrown. Like, the graphic designers are just going to like, Oh, let's make the scale a little bit bigger. You know? you'll like, you'll see like uh, Kevin Harvick's Bush light scheme. It's going to be the exact same thing. Except, Oh mate, let's add a little beer can on here. That'll, that'll, that'll fill that space. So, and like I said, if, if we start getting more sponsors, we see old sponsors come back and say like, Hey, there's more ad space. Then I'll eat my words. But until then, I'm just like, why do we have to change something that's not broke? Why are we trying to rebrand that's not necessary like just keep things the same nobody wanted this you look on twitter you look at all the comments i barely see any like oh this is awesome all i see is just people complaining about it and i'm I, I i am one of those
2: people i will fully yeah, admit i will your complain are
3: hilarious by the way
2: oh, god your <laughs> tweets with a monster energy painting <laughs> for the him and his paint team say man i really can't tell who's sponsoring this yeah, Someone help me.
3: yeah I, I don't i don't know yet yeah, like I think we need to move the numbers. I don't know what
0: spo- who's the sponsor. I, I don't know. We need to move, we need to move the numbers. We got to move Okay. It. All right. Before I get into a rant, I'm glad that you just brought up a Gen 4 car. Um, you guys have said some shit that I didn't even need as ammunition, uh, but is part of my ammunition. Um, look at the Gen 4 car. Measure the distance between the end of the rear quarter panel and the front of the wheel that starts the rear quarter panel. Tell me how much difference that is between that car and the next-gen car. I'm assuming it's not as big as everybody thinks. We have yeah. big-ass panels on yeah. the Gen 6 cars, so that's a little bit different. Yeah. So I'm going to start there. Secondly, Jared brings up the iRacing numbers were center door. They still are. I'm not sure if the iRacing um, platform has updated that since the announcement uh, with the, the 45 car being shown. Um, and you could see sponsors just like that uh thirdly to everyone on twitter who's been telling me it's not a big deal no we've had the same number placement since at least 1972 it is and always has been a traditional part of nascar i'm the first to tell you that traditions can change but this is one that just doesn't even make sense right so you're pissing off fans because like me they're probably pissed off because it looks bad Um, and it's going to take a little bit getting used to, and you can still see the sponsors. So giving them more space when there was a huge-ass space in front of the number that hasn't been filled for years sounds like a little bullshit to me. Um, And if you go all the way back to um, the beginning of the sport, you see this same number placement except for cars like the fabulous Hudson Hornet, right? Uh, maybe that that one car that you see the Gatorade 88. I don't know if that was actually a Darrell Waltrip car or not for I believe what was the Goodies Dash series. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you continue to make all these damn changes, you are going to lose fans. If you lose fans, you lose sponsors. They don't give a fuck about four extra square inches on the door. I guarantee you, they're not coming back because of the problems that you did wrong and you will not address. Fans have left personally that I know. I work with 12 people. All 12 of them used to watch NASCAR. They tell me they don't watch because the stages, they don't watch because the playoffs don't make sense, and they don't watch because racers have retired that they grew up watching. You can't fix the third one, but you can fix the first two. You continue to make changes. There are a lot of people that don't like this car coming out because it sounds bad. Okay, that's fine. As far as technology, I'm good with. Some fans don't like it. They're going to leave. They don't like the single lug nut. They're going to leave. You keep hemorrhaging fans like you have since the COT came out, of course you're going to lose sponsors. Moving the number is just pissing more people off and sweeping the fact that you've made all these problems over the last 15 years just under the rug like, oh, shit, it didn't happen. And that's my rant for tonight. If you guys want to add something, you can. Um... I'm gonna gonna try and relax my blood pressure down. We can go all night on this. Yeah, like I Uh, think
2: he basically nailed everything that Jared was trying to highlight tonight before the recording. (laughs) Like it's all about you know, like there has to be purpose behind the change. I don't really think four extra feet or inches or whatever for numbers justifies the purpose. You know, like it's not, like it's not gonna make the sponsors magically come back. And if it does, it does, but I don't think it's gonna work.
0: Half the part, if you you take outside of the NASCAR spectrum, if you look from a marketing perspective, people like simple shit and people like stuff to say the same. So when you go and you break the brand identity of what a race car in NASCAR should look like, you're going to piss fans off. That's going to have people not buy your product. And for us fans, not going to the racetrack is buying the product that the sponsors are putting money into. So if you don't have people to look at the stickers, no one's going to pay to put the stickers on the cars. And that's what it boils down to. And and it just it doesn't make sense. I hate it. Thanks, I hate it. That, that's it. Um, next with the uh, next-gen car, we had Seabell come out and say at the Bristol test that he was running slower uh, on the straightaways. I guess he was a little bit faster in the corners because – his pace was about race pace as the Bristol Knight race, but he was doing single car testing runs. I'm sure uh, the speeds will come up uh, before anyone says that they're slower uh, on these short tracks. The speeds will come up uh, with data uh, with the fact that we're not testing. I'm sure they're not going 100 um, percent. That, that, that's where I'm at. Um, but his comment said that they're trying to go full throttle on speedways I'm assuming that is everything above Darlington um I had hope uh but you guys told me that's that's too dumb uh to do and I guess you guys proved yourselves right and me uh sad today so Colton I'll go ahead and let you start with this change as well I mean
1: I saw this coming I was not one that was supporting the next gen but I was cautiously optimistic and said okay well I'll be patient and wait and see what comes out of these tests and whatnot Um, But, I mean, we all knew that NASCAR wasn't going to go back to how the racing was 15 years ago with this next package. We would have seen a change this year so they kind of get the drivers ready for it. Um, I knew this is exactly where they were going, to wide open everywhere and try to get pack racing everywhere. Um, It's it's not a good look for the fans. Um, The fans definitely don't like it. We've seen and we've heard um, for months and months and months now. Um, the drivers don't like it. We hear them say all the time how easy it is and how how not how kind of boring it is. Um, I think this is only getting us a step closer to um, more gimmicky racing. Um, it's not really flat out racing um, nowadays. When I think of the best uh, stock car drivers in the world, I look at the Bubba Pollards. I look at um, you know the Time and guys like that. I don't really look at. Brian Priest and I don't really look at Quinn Half in the Cup Series, guys. Um, I'll look at the Xfinity Series before I look at them as the best stock car drivers in the world. And this just keeps reiterating my opinion. It's getting too easy. What the hell? Before
0: Nathan chimes in, I do want to say he said something at the beginning of the show. um, And that was basically uh, what we're doing is stripping the purity of racing. Um, From what I took from that is what is NASCAR? Is NASCAR entertainment or is it a sport because it seems like we've lost the substance to be a sport anymore and now we're actually turning into that wwe standard um so so i mean nathan i mean bounce off of what colton and i just said Uh well,
2: you know something the last thing i'm going to say because i don't want to like beat a dead horse but it's kind of you kind of have to at this point steve o'donnell in 2018 there's a quote from matt weaver that he said that NASCAR is not looking at pack racing everywhere. We don't want that to be our identity. And now look at them. And it's like, it's just, it's such a bad look because everybody has talked about, you can't trust NASCAR leaders. And now it's, it's kind of coming to fruition. You know, everybody knows that you can't even, if you can't even take the sports leaders for their word, then you can't really trust them on anything. You know, whether it's big or small, like it's just bad and all around. Like it's, it's just, a bunch of issues with the people in the sport from the ground up almost
3: yeah i'll go with mike favorite quote nascar is now considered the national association of stock car aero racing that is yeah, not aero racing aero racing now cuz that is what we're doing cuz if we're going to have every race like michigan and oh man oh uh, yeah. that's that's how every mile and a half track's going to be and i really see with the upcoming schedule, we are going to see a third of the races are going to be the super speedway types. And I'm counting that now as your Michigan Atlantas and Daytona Talladega. Another third is going to be road courses. Cause I fully expect us to have at least 10 road courses in the near future. And the other third will be the short tracks. And we're probably going to continue to cut that down because what will probably happen is we're probably going to add a second dirt race just because, and we'll probably lose another True short track race when we could be having more short track racing where the cars actually race and one of the things I remember at the Indy Road Course is they're saying about how they were beating and banging like hey, this is just like short track racing I'm like if you want that just go to a short track we don't need to be going to road course race he's like oh he brought in his inner short track I'm like dude just go just go to a short track that's simple as that but
4: yeah you yeah, guys you guys at the a points so. That- Yeah, that makes a
0: lot of sense. We could, we could do. We, I mean, we could do a two-hour episode on this. Listen, we really could. I swear to God, Jared, if if there are ten road courses on the schedule next year, a third almost of the races, I might clock out. I might come on this podcast and talk about IndyCar and Formula One and let you motherfuckers handle. It's gonna happen. That is blaming
1: you, Jared.
3: Gen Seven. The next gen is basically set up to be a road course racing car. It looks exactly like the Australian V8 supercars. So if there are not 10 road courses on the schedule in the next five years, then I don't know. That's that's just my prediction. In the next five years, you're going to see 10 road courses on the schedule. Two street courses, probably three uh, Roval, Roval I type. just hate
0: it because I feel like you're right.
3: I, I I'm just speaking the truth because, you know like, – Why are we
0: talking about street courses and also, they're, uh, just, why? all
3: – It's all fun and games So they add the Chicago street course as one of the all-star races just for a test. So just you wait for All-star
0: that. race? No, they'll oh, put maybe. that as a points race. I'm pretty sure. No, you no,
3: you wait. It's gonna, There's going to be a road course for the all-star race in the next three years. I'm calling that. Mark that time down, 143.20. That's my bold prediction for the next three years. We're going to have a road yeah, course man. all-star race. Just listen,
1: you wait. You're talking about the test of the All-Star race. Oh no.
3: man. You, you wait. But it's going to happen. Listen, it's going to happen.
0: I come to this sport in particular because I grew up around it. I grew up it as 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 an escape from my reality. Why are you fuckers trashing what the sport used to be? I have not been one of these fans. I have not been one of these fans for the past 15 years. I have not been one of these fans that complain about everything for the past 15 years. It has been since the NA18 package has come out. I have went from loving this sport to hating the fact that I'm watching it turn into something and it never should have been in the first place. I remember growing Uh, up.
3: The only thing I ever complained about was Jimmy Johnson winning too much. I never complained about anything else that they did. I never complained about the schedules. I never complained about how the cars race. That was like literally that was like, and that was childish. Like, come on, like, like it's not a big deal. Now it's like, oh, I hate the schedule changes. I hate all these road courses. I hate the number changes. I hate this next gen. Like, there's so like, I hate that I complain about this, but yet I'm an NASCAR fan. You know, it's it's sad that it's come to that point. Heck, we're doing a we're doing a podcast. We're doing yeah. a podcast. We're on an hour and 45 minutes and half yeah. of it has been us, uh, half of it has been us complaining about something we're supposed to like. like
0: yeah. On. I mean, it's like raising yeah. a kid to be someone that, that, that comes up as a, as a good citizen. And then they go out and start, you know, slinging drugs and, and, and doing murders and shit. Like, it's like you hate to see it, but like you still love the dude. but, um, I I don't know. Uh, With that being said, we'll end this segment, and we will start off with you, Jared. You said that you guys wanted to talk about something kind of in the realm of possibility of what could come. You started off with the 10 races on road courses, two dirt series races, and, and more stages, whatever. And you're calling it sarcasticar? So, oh, so kind of lead us into this. I love what it. Let's let's, let's get into this.
3: We you you completely missed all of this like post Michigan where us three literally just went on a rant and how how NASCAR could be. But then as we're joking about it, like oh wait, this could actually be uh, this could actually be like a reality here. But yeah, like for some of the things that I was thinking, like yeah, we're probably going to get ten road courses. Um,
1: probably have what else?
3: What else do we talk
1: about? I've got a whole list of things. If they're gonna go, if they're gonna go gimmicks, let's go full gimmick. Let's take all the chains off. Let's go full WWE. I want to see a fan vote for one of the drivers in the final four.
0: Oh no! Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you have to win to get in, and then just anyone else in the whole series.
1: Yep. So three drivers yeah. are locked in. One is a fan vote.
0: Even if they've been eliminated from the playoffs already. Yep. Yeah, Quinn House. Fan okay. vote. Most,
3: po- got most popular driver from the year before automatically locked into the championship four. Yep. So that you right there you have two championship four guys, fan vote and the most popular driver from the year before.
2: Yeah, and plus you know why Phoenix is a finale, right? Like there's no other place where you can go eight wide and turn one. Like that's what Nascar wants. They want a green Greenway checker to determine the title. And like ever just they just want chaos big time i'm down for
3: it down
1: for the fan boat. <laughs> no, i mean if we're gonna go gimmicks let's go full gimmick let's not half ass it here
3: all right hey daytona 500 last race of the year that's where we're gonna sw- we're gonna screw we're screwing phoenix we're going daytona 500 to the last race guess where we're gonna start the season at we're gonna go back to sonoma as the first race yeah. we're-, we're gonna go to the daytona beach course for the second race, so we're starting. <laughs> we are starting the season off with two road courses, not the Daytona 500. The Daytona 500 is going to be the first week in November, as the grand finale with your championship four. That two already locked in that don't even don't need know. to race. That they don't even need to race the whole year. They can just. We already have two championship contenders that haven't even raced a single race all year, and yep. it's at Daytona. So those two cars could hook up and hey your top two finishers in the championship only race one race in the year That all, that's all that matters that counts
1: i want to see a double charter system where you can charter your car and lock it into the races and you can pay an extra million dollars a year to make sure they start in the top 15
0: yes holy shit <laughs> that's get, essentially what they're go. doing with the playoff drivers right now not mm-hmm. having qualifying so i mean we're already halfway there
3: Right. Um, Colton also put in our chat no qualifying ever again Nate said four wide restarts, mandatory four yeah. wide restarts every race okay. 24 drivers make the playoffs playoffs extended to 16 races caution clocks we need to bring the caution clocks back that's what we need to bring
0: back. Don't, don't, don't bring the caution class. Right
3: if now. fuel mileage becomes an issue, automatically Automatic cost, throw yeah. a caution so everyone gets back on the same cycle. So if someone tries to short pit, guess what? The caution's coming out, so everyone else can
2: bet. I'm trying to think of other gimmicks so that
3: will
1: be good. Um... Man, I got a whole list here. Let's keep hitting, um, let's let's keep hitting them. Let's keep. I want them. a mandatory overtime every single week. That's okay, what? You're gonna you actually So I don't range.
0: even know that's a joke.
1: At the end of 500 miles, you're gonna throw the caution. You're gonna stack them up. Two right. to go. Go.
3: All right. How about this? This is kind of off topic, real quick. There's 10 races left. Let's do an over under. How many green white checkers there will be the last 10 races? Six. six. Okay, that's pretty square. I was thinking. I was thinking five or six. I'll go six also. Talladega is obviously going to be a green-white checker. Phoenix will probably be a green-white checker. Martinsville will probably be a green-white checker. or um, else? we like a random one, like Kansas
2: the, or something. Roval
3: will be a green one. Yeah, Kansas will be just because it's going to bunch the field up. Like, yeah. you're, it's going to be like Michigan because it's a 550.
2: Okay. Kyle Larson is going to lead like two-thirds of the race. Caution for Debris comes out with like 25 laps left.
1: I'm going to say if a driver leads any more than 20% of the race, they're automatically given a one lap penalty. Damn. <laughs> oh my
2: God.
0: Damn.
1: They don't I mean, I mean fans apparently don't want drivers walking away with the wins. So park them on pit road, give them a one lap penalty. Go.
0: Oh Nathan. I'll, I'll, try I'll raise now. you one better. I'll raise you one better. Okay. Um playoff drivers starting uh starting first week of the playoffs all the way through the championship. Start at the rear of the field. In inverse order of their current point standings, they start a lap down and are not eligible for a lucky dog until stage two.
3: I like that. Okay, that's kind of cool. How about we just get rid of points and whoever wins the last race is the champion?
2: Yeah, final 40, not final four.
3: No, no, no points the whole season. Everyone's just racing just for fun, just for shits and giggles. Whoever (laughs) Whoever wins the last race, that's your champion. No black flags or anything. We can make it like a demo derby, like last man standing. Let's just go to Bowman Gray, throw the cars out there. I'm like, yeah, you guys can race as long. Literally, last car standing. We'll make it an enduro race. That, that'll that determine your champion.
2: That's going to be a season finale. It's 24 hours of Bowman Gray.
4: It's
3: be- yeah. That, that, that would be pretty cool, actually. I'd like that. Or uh, let's bring back, or if we want to go with a championship race, Let's just make it like cars was and just have your three, four cars in there. Or oh, yeah. oh, even but wait, wouldn't
1: even, better, even as much.
3: better, actually, since we already have our two championship four locked in with the fan vote and the most popular driver, whoever finishes last in points is guaranteed to spot the championship four. So basically, there, there's one, there's basically one
0: spot left open for the the whole season. Yeah. yeah. How about this? Every race, we don't even race, okay? Okay make just stay with me now whoever um whoever doesn't have a charter doesn't race okay so it's an elimination event we're going to make every race a multiple of six so that every six the the multiple of six x laps however the money that is we eliminate the last place driver so after 35 times of doing this that's how we award the winner The, the point system now is a cumulative of this, so if you get eliminated, you're you you're basically putting in average. Well, your next race is is now averaged um, to I like to it. The it's previous one, and then you just sweep the person who has the last place average after two races out, after three races out, after four hours out of the championship. So it's like a double elimination style. You're eliminating yeah. during the race. And during the championship because why not? Let's just so convoluted it doesn't even make any sense.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go I feel like another thing we need to do is, you know, we can do the we can do race suspensions for guys that lead you know, say they lead over five hundred laps in a the season. They're like, you know, hey, this guy's suspended for a race, you led five hundred laps on the year already.
3: Ryan Blaney like won back to back. He's suspended for two races now. So yes. how, how, if you win, if you win back to back, you're out for two weeks. Or yeah, here, here we
2: Here's another someone, one. If you have over a two, if you have over a one second lead, then there's automatic
1: caution. <laughs> I want to see something like Formula E does, where the fans can vote on something. They'll do like the stuff. Yeah, the fan boost. But I also want to see like a fan drag. Where like you can vote on the person you want to slow down and all of a sudden you see Kyle Larson just lose like fifty horsepower. Oh, how about yeah. that?
0: Yeah, about- let's do this. Let's let's make let us make this real. You can do it once per stage and but the driver that you do in each stage is is immune to it in stages two and, and three. There you I
2: go. got another one. Like oh I think Alex's dad commented something about it motocross so maybe we should start having motocross tracks with like the bumps and everything and the jumps altered oh we, we already have, have like, like a yeah. yeah yeah we, we did we? <laughs> we could we could just put those bumps on the track on the oval so just put them in the middle of the racing line why if not motor, I mean, let's just go, go
0: on you know what Fuck it let's do full mario kart we can't do oh, quite the go. same stuff with the with the mystery boxes but we can do you know what? Let's do let's what's better than Mario Kart. Death race. Fuck it. Let's do Death Race shit. Let's start putting Dude, spikes out there. Me. Pits. All of a sudden. Let's change the route mid race. Uh um, the um, sprinklers. No. Zone. Oh, like yeah, little, sprinklers, yeah. Let's just
3: go like Tony Stewart said. Let's we gotta find a figure eight course and you know, let's just do a figure eight course or like have one stage you're racing one direction then uh, while well, the second stage you go road course and the next one you have split the field in half and they each go in different directions while one track one or even split it up into three one person does one rate one drive one group does the road course one group does the, the regular way one re- group goes backwards heck you can do four four groups or whatever and have the road course backwards so you a 500
0: with joker laps there the infield road, <laughs> road course has to be done at least three times per stage. There you go. What I like the overlap roll. idea. Oh, there. there. That's
1: what the, we need, that, is, that we need is we need a loop,
0: like a Hot Wheels type thing. Like a Oh ah, shit! Oh, let's get, go. Let's get that. Uh, they, like they're probably X not. They're,
3: they're not fast enough to do that though. Without oh, no, we're thing. gonna we gonna need to.
2: Let's just let's just try it anyways. Like the, we're gonna reduce the horsepower to one hundred and see what happens. See the 100. inner child in
0: me, let's, my kid. From uh, the 1990s, being a 90s kid, I'm like, hell yeah, NASCAR racers is going to be real.
1: Yeah. Medium oh. <laughs> trucks, put ramps out there. Backstretch of Daytona, you got three jumps.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or no, they have to do the chicane
1: on the oval. Like they have to do the chicane on the yeah. backstretch.
3: Yeah, yeah. Just, 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 the, just the chicane. No other part of the road, of course. Just the yeah, moon car does
1: it. Yeah. Just the chicane. Yeah. Like More wides, starts and true. restarts. Please do the Okay, race.
0: so hold on. Hold on. I'm glad you brought this up, Colton. There is a kid. I cannot remember his name. He's a huge Joe Logano fan, um, and he actually did this in one of Speed segments way back when he was still in the 20 car. He said that we should restart and start races at the bigger tracks. Um, Daytona, Talladega, Pocono, Auto Club, in Michigan. We should start them three wide like they do in the Indy 500. So I don't know about you guys, but I think that's a real thing that we should just do because why not? NASCAR right. wants chaos anyways.
3: May as well. So let's just get the first person to spin their tires and just clog up the whole field and take half the field out of and- Turn one, I'm I'm all for that. So then we. That's can what seeing.
0: we want. Otherwise, we wouldn't have destroyed half the field based on our want. I, I, I want on turn six. At I Fendi. need to.
3: I need Josh Bilicky needs to start winning some races now. Like I need to see him up there. I don't want to see. Hey, this that's guy. a
0: guy that's finishing the top series, top ten in the Cup series now. So you watch your damn mouth, Jared. Yeah, I respect, yeah. I mean, I
3: respect Josh Bilicky. Yeah, I hope he wins. He needs. He needs a win. I'd love to see him get a win. Especially, not, like, especially in that situation where half the field's taken out. Like that's we need that to happen. We need more of those guys to do well let's get I that want, let's let's make i want happens. teams
1: to draw tires so you're going to go to nascar you're going to draw a number and that's the set of tires you get and one of those sets is guaranteed to go flat within 10 laps
2: Ooh. oh my god that's oh how
3: about how about this how about this nascar distributes flat tires, but they don't tell which team where they're at or how many they get. They could get three. They could get five. They could get ten. They could get all. Let's just shuffle Shuffle the deck up. Someone's going to blow a tire midway. We need a Royal Rumble.
1: That's what we need.
3: Royal NASCAR Royal
1: Rumble. You start ten drivers, and then after that, every five laps, you release another driver.
0: Oh, Oh, shit.
1: Chase Elliott has, he's only got to run five laps. If he runs five laps quicker than anyone else, he wins.
0: Okay. Okay. So, uh, okay. So you can only lose positions once you've been on track.
1: Only so lose positions. What this
0: means is that when we go to races, we're going to start the last 10 qualifiers and we're going to release them out every five laps after that. But these well, guys no automatically qualifier. are on the lead lap because they qualified higher. There you go. Yeah. There you go i dig it. Absolutely. Let's For, run yeah. t
3: let's, let's run a Talladega race with the trucks, Xfinity, and Cups all and Arca. Let's oh. throw Arca in there. Let's have four four four, four series racing at Talladega
2: at once.
0: Jared, See, I was with you when with you that. said, Marco, I don't want people to die." that's
2: the point. We need to take the cash fences off, take the walls off.
3: Oh yeah, let's get rid of safer barriers too, because yeah. we, obviously, we obviously don't care about safety anymore. Fans want.
2: Okay, well, I don't know, better idea. Fans like, want a multi-class race <laughs> with all four different series. Like whoever's the last guy standing wins. There's no classes. Like it's all for the same
1: trophy. Yeah, So, are that. we
0: saying? So, in 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 this, Nathan, are you saying just put each car? On track with their prospective drivers. They don't choose, they don't change drivers. Just whoever just doesn't pass out first or whoever yeah. passes out last wins the race. Yeah. Yeah. There's no classes. Like Good. if you win the
2: race, then you win over. Jimmy overall.
0: Johnson's coming back because he's going to blow everybody out of the water with his yeah. fitness. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's see. Johnson the coming back for this ship. No <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: uh, I'm thinking like you saw Hamlin's heart rate. He'd probably make it pretty far. He's average like 90 beats a minute. Tastes <laughs>
3: Speaking of Denny Hamlin, actually, you guys see the shit that's going on with Danny Hamlin on Twitter?
2: Yeah, that's yeah. There's not thinking. enough
3: information for well, us I, yeah, to yeah, get, I, don't get want anything I I just saw them. It's, just, like, that's, it's dirty laundry, right? You know, I don't want to comment yeah. on that
0: stuff. <laughs> it's, it's All right. It,
3: yeah,
2: <laughs> like I don't want to be like the
3: guy that's nosy and getting in there. Yeah, that's something yeah. probably shouldn't have been taken to Twitter, but.
0: Well, it's been yeah, it's, it's been kind of fun, but I think I'm gonna Sarcastic Car, in. We'll probably do this a couple well, more times during we'll we'll probably, it'll
3: probably during the when's the when's the next five fifty race? Uh, uh it's Vegas. gonna be the next Las round Vegas. Sure be Vegas. Well
0: Vegas actually puts on good races oh, I'll be at that race. Oh, all yeah. right. You can
1: tell. That's all right. So
0: one more thing before we sign off. Um Jared, you sly dog. I picked Chris Buescher. You picked Bubba Wallace. <laughs> that's right. You <he> uh, did. <laughs> and you win by default because Chris <laughs> Buescher got penalized. Oh, I beat you fair and square on the on the track, but that just didn't happen. Apparently not. So you, you got, got the extra bonus point going into the playoffs. So you sit at one point. Nathan, the regular season champion, sits at two points. That is not a race lead. We are moving the points to 3-2-1 now that we've got four people for the next ten rounds. Um I am going to make it a little bit difficult on everybody, though. Ooh, so, listen up. 16. The rules are about to be spoken. Playoffs. fan fuel playoff picks. They're going to start with with uh, Colton first, and then I'm going to go, and then the two guys with bonus points, Jared and Nathan. We will, you know, run the shuffle on this as the points uh, – or the positions fall starting next week on who picks first, worst goes first. Um Ten drivers, ten races. You can only use those ten drivers once. There's 16 drivers in the playoffs, but to make this a little bit harder, I'm knocking four of them straight off the map. So the top 12 in points after the regular season will be eligible. So in no particular order, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, William Byron, Joe Logano, and Denny Hamlin will be the guys that you're gonna have to pull pick up on. that top twelve. And you so can, can only pick. pick them once in the next ten races. Oh shoot. Hey. Um screw all you guys, I'm going Denny Hamlin.
1: No, just
4: get he's him out of the way. So get so him so out so of so the way. way. That's fine. Get so him so out good. of the way.
1: He's getting it done this week in Darlington. Okay, wow, well
0: um I I'm I'm gonna have to pick a little bit of a strategy to kind of get us into the next couple of rounds. I think I'm gonna waste some guys that that might not do good. I'm gonna go ahead and take my zero at Darlington. And I'm gonna pick Ooh, I think I'm gonna pick William Byron. He might give me a point, but I I think I'll take the zero with him. Okay. All
3: right, Jared, who you got Kevin Harvick.
0: Yeah. No explanation, he's just going to straight
3: Harvard. I'm just getting him out of the way, but he, he also –
0: So I can pick anyone in the top 16 of points then? or just... Anyone in the top 12 that I just stated. So oh, the Harvick people that top. aren't eligible are oh harvest no, Oh, uh, Harvick's, Harvick's not in the top 12, is he? Well, he was oh. in regular season standings. So wait, the so ones that like... aren't Michael McDowell, Christopher Bell, um Eric Almarola and Tyler Reddick are not on the table. Everyone else okay. is. It's disrespect for Christian. Right.
3: yeah, that's disrespect. It is me Man, I, was, I wanted Reddick for Arlington. He was going to be
2: my, my like, waste of a pick that could also do good at that track, man. Man. I'll I
3: still go. I, Ke-
0: I told I'll you st- I was going to make this shit hard. You got I'll, to still, point I'll, still go,
2: I'll
3: still go Kevin Harvick. I think he's won there before. I think eventually. I ho- I'm hoping SHR shows up. Like, he'll show up. He's gotta win he's gotta win. I know I've been saying this literally all season. He's gotta win at some point. So I'm just gonna use him as my first pick for this week. So let's go, Kevin Hardett. All right. And um, Andy's running a sick bush light scheme this week.
2: Is Kurt Bush eligible before I make my pick?
0: Yes, yes he is. Alright, yeah, I think I'm gonna go Kurt Bush then.
2: Um you know, he's hard to predict, but I think that he's he has been pretty good on the seven fifties and you know, I Kurt could win anywhere. He always wins weird races, and I think that It's 750 track, I think that he'd be an all right pick for Darlington because every once in a while he runs good there. So I'm just going to throw one out there.
0: All right. So as the season stands, it looks like we've all picked pretty mediocre picks. But when it comes to the Darlington racetrack, the 4 and the 11 both have wins there recently. uh, Yeah, Colton's is not
2: mediocre at all. Uh, What
0: the hell? (laughs) Well, no, I mean you got to think of the field that we're we only got twelve drivers, so these are these are all pretty mediocre picks within within the realm of where we are with these ten. I think we're all playing it safe, but also going for it. I think William Byron is definitely someone who can get it done, but I also oh, yeah. think I'm expecting to get zero points this week. So we'll see how that strategy works out for me. I'm yeah, interested in really just how this works because man. we've we we've, we've, we've made it so hard. It's it's going to be glorious um with that being said this is the end of the show i want to thank everyone for watching for listening on our uh, apple Podcasts, spotify google pages or anywhere else that you listen um we do have this friday we will be launching the website um jared i will let you handle a little bit of that as always just kind of hype us up, because you look pretty
3: hype right now. Oh, I'm always hype. We've been working on our Fan Fuel Motorsports website. We still need some more of your content, you fans. Please give us some feedback. Nate, maybe if you want to write something about your Daytona experience, we could add that on there. Alex, we can write about your Atlanta experience still. <laughs> yeah. I, I still got to write my Pocono experience, because I just have had absolutely no time to actually sit down and write that. Like That's I want what happens to. when you have 17 part-time jobs. Yeah, I know. It sucks yeah. sometimes. But either way we got a lot I know the site right now is filled with some cup news it's got some race previews it's got some race recaps in there we got it's all put together we just need some more content from you fans and if like all if all we get right now is some race previews and some opinionated stuff on there that that's all right but we're still looking to build this site if once you guys see how it turns out and you want to contribute to it that's perfectly fine because that's exactly what we want we want. Content for you from you, the fans, because we are fan fueled motorsports. All right, so definitely that will be launching on Friday. Be, we'll all be sharing and tweeting out the links. Tell your friends, and if you want to get involved with the website, you know who to message. All of our Twitter handles are here. So and then
0: also our pin tweet on Twitter at fanfuelmsm capital F capital F capital MSM oh, yeah. has yeah. the link to yeah. a submission form that yeah. you can email to us at fanfuelpodcast at gmail.com. Um, That's, That's cool. the link. Yeah, Use the
3: link. Oriented. Use the link. Use the link. If you think you're an NASCAR fan, this will be the site for you because we are going to have oh yeah, there right. Right. Okay. We yeah, want to have. We're going to have night nice. yeah, nice set website for you fans and eventually you're going to be a part of the process that we hopefully can continue to grow content we can grow this podcast we can grow you you fans out there you will get shouted out you can speak your minds you can be like us just join the complaining party about whatever you think's wrong and if you heck if you have if you have stuff you want to share with us please share it with us if you have an old story about an old race from like early 2000s or if you have an opinion about anything send it our way Like we'd be happy to talk to you about it we'd be happy to throw that article out there for more people to read like I know if you want to follow Nathan he always has some good stuff whether it's statistical stuff historical stuff Some I like seeing his historical stuff like oh that's pretty cool I completely forgot about that you know Types of stuff like that please message us please help us get some more content in there it's going to be good if you guys help us but it'll only be good if you help us
0: yeah, yeah and, and one more so,
2: suggestion. Go ahead. I guess with our pit championship coming to a close, maybe we should get like a little trophy and call it the Mickey Mouse Cup, like for whoever wins. Okay. I will get us okay. a trophy. Okay. Yeah. Mouse uh, Cup. With,
0: with our website, I did want to, I did want to say something else with our website. We're not just limiting this to uh, NASCAR content. This is full-on motorsports content. So we want your local stories as well from your from your tracks, kind of like Colton's Podunk. Um, uh intermountain speedway and all the way up all the way up to talladega super speedway anything in between if you're from europe hell if you're watching and you're from europe well <laughs> welcome uh it's probably really early in the morning for you go to sleep yeah. um uh, but we want your stuff too uh fan experiences what we should and shouldn't do at a racetrack when we go for the weekend where to stay where to eat while we're at the racetrack uh and the surrounding towns and then also you know if you want to get weird we're into that content, too. So if you want to bring up some really weird shit that's happened at a racetrack, uh, you know, 15 years ago, you saw a race car get stuck on its drivetrain because it, it it slammed into the mud and stood up straight. Tell us about that. Um, you know, anything like that can happen um, at any of these racetracks that don't get coverage because there's not a national or even regional um, news site that's going around for it. So, this is a story about us and our relationship with motorsports, but also yours as well. And uh, we want the site to flourish so that you, the fan, can fuel your talk about motorsports alongside with us. As always, thanks for listening. Uh, and we will see you next week. Uh, follow us on our Twitter uh, at FanFuelMSM, capital F, capital F, capital MSM. Be looking out for us on Friday. And quick shout out to Roger Carruth who just got a full-time Xfinity ride yeah. with Cedar Bascarella and Tommy Joe Martins at Alpha Prime Racing. He has been in contact with us, and we will be having him on the show very shortly, hopefully Ooh, in the next
2: episode. Cool. Got us a driver. All right. So first yep, driver
0: gonna, on Fan Fuel, and it's yep, going to be a pretty big historic for the podcast. So. Mm-hmm. Like we made oh, yeah. it. We made it. Be sure to look out for announcements on that, and uh, you can get those again at Twitter. Um, And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening on our streaming partners.